Okay, at this point, I'm willing to just shut down the entire thing because I'm just so happy that Paul managed <laughs> that, to get in the room. Was that, was that God's intervention? That's that right. My prayer. It was my prayer. I mean, I'm I'm not a religious man, but you have little faith. God okay, did. we're in, man. You're, you're in. Let's do this. Now, are you running? Are you running push to talk, or what are you running? To dare I ask? I'm doing push to talk. Okay, good. I'm assuming that's the best Sweet. way to do this. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm actually. And you sound really good. Yeah, guys. I mean, I was, you know, well. Uh, are you anyway, going to tell uh, us you were uh, a DJ in high school? Is this what we're going to hear now? I'm a, I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ right now. <laughs> DJ IRL. <laughs> that's right, man. Um, uh, so <laughs> the next challenge, Paul, is we're going to try to record. So uh, you're going to hit that red button uh, on your console up on you the know, top. You know, my real handle is MC Virgil. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's anyway, actually um, really good so, so you're going to hit the red button, and you're going to record in multi-channel. Can I be your Ovid? <laughs> yeah, no, no, dude. Let's, let's, we got to be more stylish. we got to go with the we got to go with the note. <laughs> we gotta go with the prime so you gotta be you gotta be mc mc nasso um, anyway um so i have to hit the red button so we're all recording yeah you're gonna record just to make sure that your sound comes in because it'll record your sound locally that way if there's a problem with the connection we can always upload your recording of yourself and it'll be the the best recording Okay, so I'm just just uh, just double check with you guys. So it's it, you know the output the output format's uncompressed. Um, I mean, I don't worry about any of this shit. I just hit start. That's right. It's it's just going to be multi-channel. You want it to be on mode multi-channel. Oh, okay. Well, actually, it wasn't on that. Yeah. So you want multi-channel. Okay. What and, else? And then just if you want to remember where you're sending it as far as the target directory, it sometimes does like my mindset to go to mumble recordings. But you can send it to your desktop or whatever. Okay, I think it's set for my desktop. Then just um, hit just hit start. And then the 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 web uncompressed is the is the output form that we want. Yep, yep, that's perfect. All right, rolling. Here we go. Sweet. Now just take that little window and put it way down in the bottom where you won't have to mess with it. And because uh, if you try to exit out or anything, it'll stop recording. Are you are you telling me where to put my windows? <laughs> I guess I might what the be. Fuck I kind of micromanagement <laughs> bullshit is this? Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm just trying to be helpful since it took about 20 minutes to us for us to get you to put the password into the room. <laughs> if, if I have to pee, man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll leave this running so you can, you can help me when I pee. Uh, Paul, I am serious. I will fucking drive over to your house right now, push you out of your chair, and sit down in your chair and set up your computer for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, I'm just glad I got in the room. Exactly. Our prayers were answered. So. So I killed like ten minutes with that. I'm sorry, man. I have nothing else to do today, so we're good. All right. On. So uh, we're recording. Are we ready to get started with this thing? Sure. Wait. Let me get my notes. Oh, I don't have any notes. Mm. Uh, Welcome to the show. In the finest I tradition. <laughs> okay, this is the Advanced After Combat Podcast. I almost forgot what the name of the podcast was. <laughs> the Advanced After Combat. 
podcast. Oh, we're off to an epic <clears throat> This is the Advance After Combat podcast. It's a podcast brought to you by, by myself, Dave, uh, my, my bromance partner, Jason. Hello. And our mystery host. So uh, each month, we bring in a mystery host from our guild on BGG. And this month, our mystery host is Paul. Welcome. Uh, hey, uh, is that my cue? That's yeah. Now you talk. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, so I think Paul's going to be really good. It, we're going to probably continue our long-standing tradition of bringing on uh, mystery hosts who have no experience in podcasting, and uh, we've been doing it for at least three years, and yet they usually do better than we do <laughs> on the actual <laughs> podcasting aspect of it. It makes us very proud. That's right. So while we're not talented or good, at least we've got talented people who enjoy what we do. We're, so. we're talent adjacent, which that's is right. all we need. So uh, this is a podcast that's explicit at times, uh, most times, probably. Is that fair? Very fair. It's, gonna, it's probably going to be pretty sweary. Yeah. Paul, Paul, are you on the Vulgarian scale? What are you, like 1 to 10? Oh, man. <clears throat> well... I mean, I grew up uh, basically with uh, rock musicians and professional and high-level athletes, and um, so the language uh, was a little blue. So I, um, yeah, I kind of, I. It's weird. I, um, I can control like kind of my mode of discourse. Like I don't have like an urge to swear when I'm lecturing or something like that. I'd say like in a you know in a classroom, but. Um, I think like the looser I get, like you know, the the more po of a potty mouth I get. But I, I you know, I have as bad a potty mouth as you probably can find, so I wouldn't worry about it. That's good news. I I, I have a feeling that this is going to be an epic episode already. <laughs> I'm getting a sense. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. This one's going to go into the time capsule. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're putting all this pressure on me. I feel like I'm like I was up all night, man. This is like SNL. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> this is crazy. It's exactly like SNL. This is yeah. my shot, man. Yeah. Like, afterwards, we're this. all going to go out. We're going to do a ton of coke after we'll the do show. Do coke. Too, so we want to have those. Okay, so uh, Paul, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your your wargaming experience? Like, kind of how you got started. Like your first wargaming games that that you played. Did you start when you were younger? Did you kind of discover it as you were older, or what? Oh wow! Um, yeah, no, I have a I have a pretty detailed origin story, I guess. But I mean, I don't. You know, it's weird because, like, in most contexts, like, or, or the sort of the different things that I do, like, um, you know, whether in terms of like hobbies or like professionally, like, I always feel like I'm the old guy. You know, like I do a lot of young man things. I think, even though, you know, I'm like 48 years old. So I always feel really old, but like when we, with the wargaming community, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so tempted to say the wargaming tribe, but you know, that's, a, that's another. That's the wrong podcast. That's the wrong podcast, isn't it? Um, wait, <laughs> you're you're not you're not David Doctor. Like, no. was this? Did I, I sign up for the I wrong? I apologize. We we hooded you. Where's you guys? Don't have the cult playing in the background. What Mark Herman on? will not be on this. On yeah, Mark. <laughs> I'm just impressed that 
Paul referred to this as his origin story. I think we're going to need to start using that. You were bitten I'm... by a radioactive spider when you were eight, and then well, that... you became interested in war games. That's funny. Yeah, no, actually, that's what I'm, I, I, I'm like a full-on Renaissance nerd in a lot of ways, dude, because I have so many like different sort of nerd uh, hobbies or, you know, just pursuits. And comic books is actually one of them, oddly enough. Word up. Um, yeah, I know. So, I mean, you if you name some kind of weird nerd addiction that you could have picked up in the 80s, you know, I have it. Um, but um, my heart is always going to be with war games, with Hexic Counter War Games. And so just to get back to your question, because this is a war gaming podcast. Well, real quick, I, do, do, have you ever dressed up as a pirate at the Renaissance Fair? Because we, we had one person who does that. So, dude, I mean... Uh, no, I would, I would, but you know, I have like this, I'm like, like, I'm not a Halloween guy. I'm just not a costume guy. So I'm not a cosplay guy. Um, so that would, I mean, if I, if I were, I probably would, would, would be down with, I mean, I would love to hang at a Renaissance festival. Like I like to hang out with those people, but I just don't, I don't have that cosplay like gene. I don't know. I have a, I have a problem. I don't know if it's cosplay. Myself. I don't know if that's quite the same vibe that they're going for. The, the it, cosplay but it's vibe. A, it's a somewhere mentality, I think. That I because I'm I'm there with you. I'm a huge nerd, huge geek, and I just don't have the energy to cosplay. I just don't. I can't get worked up enough to do that. I, I don't have the chest for it, frankly. <laughs> I mean, I don't think <laughs> I don't I'm going to do that for a second. Uh, Come um, on, I need to do uh, a bunch of push-ups before. <laughs> gonna... I don't know, Dave. I've, Dave, I've I've seen you in a tight T-shirt. You, you, you. Nice. You're being, being a little hard on yourself. Okay. Um, but, uh, so first war game. I can right. see we're going to need and, some uh, direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of like, um, yeah, I'm sort of a stream of, stream, of, stream of consciousness babbler at times. So, yeah, you guys can definitely need to like, direct me. Um, you've had conversations with me. So, I mean, you know, I have a problem. I, um, I, will, let, first, I will let you follow that thread. Dave, this is all you. First war game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I can tell you exactly. It was 1978. Um, it was a balmy uh, Wednesday afternoon. No, um, it was 1978. Uh, I was 10 years old. And, um, you know, what, what I'd really been into uh, uh, as a kid um, was, was reading. Uh, and I think the first kind of, you know, recreational addiction I had was to an Intellivision because I'm that old. Um, and again, I should probably uh, avoid the geezer geezer jokes because I'm definitely not I'm definitely not probably the oldest guy uh, in our war gaming community. Um, but so you know, part of that reading and infatuation um, with uh, with nerdy things was uh, was World War II, uh, World War One, uh, because I inherited a bunch of books from my uh, my my grandfather, my great grandfather. So I would read, you know. Um, these, you know, these these popular histories, uh, a lot. Um, most of it was military history, and then I got into, you know, you guys remember those time life history oh, books? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would get, I would, you know, my parents would get, would let me get those, and you know, I mean, I was, you know, I was doing this from a pretty young age. But so, but by the time I was ten, in seventy eight, uh, you know, I was a pretty. I mean, I was, I was a, I guess I was a really like introvert kid, you know, like I really did. I didn't have a lot of friends. I, I'm an only child. So, um, you know, I learned how to entertain myself. Um, but with my parents, uh, you know, we would go out to different friends. And so, 
uh, I can't even, I think it was the summer of 78. Um, there was really good friends of my parents and they had, they had boys. And so we would hang, we would play, um, do stuff. Um, but they were older than me. And one of the guys is, it was, had, was just in the air force, which means he's really, you know, he was definitely like a really fucking bad role model for me to come across when I was 10. Right. He was an air force kid. But right. well, anyway, like, like, as far as what, like, like drinking or cursing or <laughs> no, we weren't drinking, man. He was, he was a good, he was a good, he was a good guy. I was, I was 10 years old. He wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't giving me shots, but, but no, like this is the odd thing. Like, um, even though there was kind of an age difference, his little brother had no interest in this, but he, you know, he, I guess he, he figured out that I, I had some knowledge about military history. So he's like, I got to show you something. And so he, you know, we, we go in his room or whatever, and he's got this, this, this hex encounter game set up that I had never seen anything like it before. Right. And it was to Brooke. It was Avalon Hills to Brooke. Mm. And, and, you know, and I, I've been reading about tanks, you know, since I was, since I could read really. And um, so, yeah, so, so he, he teaches me how to play this game and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just blown away by it. I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, I'm, I'm driving, you know, stewards around the desert and crusaders and, you know, it was amazing, and 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 to, and to Brook is actually I don't know if you guys are familiar with the original Avalon Hill to Brook, but you know it's actually a pretty complicated game. I mean, it's a real chart flipping, you know, game with a lot of rules, you know, with armor penetration and, and angles and different, you know. So there, there's it's a pretty complicated game. Um, I mean, if you've never played a war game, and but that was kind of my first thing, and it just it just it just you know I was just absolutely infatuated with it. So I got a copy of the game. You know, so uh, like th this first experience, like how much did you guys play? I mean, because you were kind of, were you guys, did you guys play for a couple hours, or was it just well, we, kind of? We played, we played a couple times, and both times we played, you know, for hours. You know, like like the majority of my visit. Um, but <laughs> here's the funny thing is, um, you know, after I got the game, and then you know, as after I got to Brook myself, and I studied the rules. And, you know, I started trying to, you know, get my friends to play to Brook. And then that led to other Avalon Hill games. And, you know, that's kind of how everything starts, right? Um, well, the, funny, the, 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 the funniest, like, part of that story, really, in retrospect, is that when I got the game and I, and I read the rules, like, I, he had taught me the game completely fucking wrong. Right. Like, <laughs> like, okay. like he, there that's was, how we all were, though, I think, in the days that we were kind of like... Well, no, but I mean, he was the, he was, you know, he was like 18 or 19 or whatever. I mean, he was just in the Air Force, but he had like completely fucked up the rules and like was teaching me the game wrong. But, um, but I, you know, I, when I ended up, you know, studying the rules and play and learning how to play the game correctly. And then I taught, you know, the game to my friends who had similar interests. And then from there on, we became this little, this little war gaming group of three, ooh, big three. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I learned how to, how to learn those games, you know? Yeah, I was, it's funny because I was reading through uh, the rules. Uh, Ralph and I have been looking at, uh, we've been playing NATO, War in Europe, uh, old victory games thing. And it's funny to read the old instructions to tell you like, we've included a counter tray. The counter tray is for you. To, there's like a paragraph describing what you would do with the counter <laughs> yeah, tray, yeah, like yeah. how you could use it to sort the pieces. Yeah, and yeah. Like you need to punch out the counters. <laughs> it's very... They just yeah. don't put that stuff in these games anymore, as far I, as instructions. You know, and as a war gamer, I think one, and now that I think, I'm, and I haven't really thought about my origin story, 
Um, <laughs> um, it's very uh, superheroish, isn't it? Um, but I am I am a fucking wargaming superhero in my mind, so I'll go with that. Um, but when I th- I think some of my habits, I pro- I think I picked up from that because you know is this is a good he was a good guy, and I'm so happy that you know he he introduced me to what is like a really kind of elite little hobby. Um, I think when I play games, like I'm the guy who isn't comfortable like if he if he can't find that you know that rules paragraph like i'm not a the the a rules lawyer who's gonna argue with you about a rule you know and like you know i'll, I'll arrive at a consensus with somebody but i like to look the shit up and it can bog things down you know and it's like uh, i think i picked that as because i learned to brook wrong that book the very first game i learned that makes sense so it must drive you crazy when you get a set of rules that like don't have a paragraph about that rule like you know like they're just not complete oh yeah i hate shitty rule books for sure but you know it's funny everybody has like a different philosophy because you guys you know callendale rico you guys know him everybody knows right. Callendale. <clears throat> like right. he he you know all the videos he does it's amazing like he's played so many fucking games right and he obviously has to study so many rule books but you know playing a couple games with calendar is interesting that somebody has experienced him he has like a completely different philosophy because he's always just like i don't want to know about updates in the rule books i don't want living rules he's like i don't fucking care you know like he's more than happy like he'll obviously study the rules yeah he's he's a house ruler yeah and he likes to just like eh, whatever i'm not gonna kill myself over it i think i can figure it out you know but I, I'm like, I'm like I, the designer's intent, you know. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> no. I'm a strict. I'm, uh, I'm the same way. I want it well, to be com- written down, black and white. Co- coming from yeah. miniatures, it's the complete opposite because miniature war gamers they think they know just as much about the game period as the the writer of the rules. So uh, they will be like, "That's stupid. We're not doing that." They'll just change the rules, change modifiers. Uh, it, it's very common to to have them just house rule a lot of stuff out of a game. Yeah, there's no respect a lot sometimes there's not always but i think there's less concern about hey we have to play this game the way the the the, the designer intended us to play it so are, are, you, are you saying mini players or kind of d-bags no i'm i'm i, I think maybe <laughs> because kidding. i think maybe because the miniatures players spend so much time of their own creating the game because they're making all the pieces and they're making the board and all the rules designer does is basically like a scenario and, and then the rules. Maybe they feel like they have more involvement in the process of making the game. I don't know. But it is definitely, I know with miniatures games, we are much more likely to be like, like we might ask a designer, like, hey, why did you make this this way? And if you don't like their reason, then you're like, fuck that, we're not doing that then. So. Yeah, I think I think by na- by nature, I think the minis like lends itself to that though, because, you know, usually it's tactical. And you're visualizing, you know, the the the, uh, the terrain and the units or whatever, right? So you, because it's like you're you 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 have like an eye test, and I think that probably lends you to like, well, you know, realistically, I wouldn't be able to see around that building, you know, that kind of bullshit. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely for that guy. It's just interesting. I think there's definitely more house ruling within the miniature side than there is within the the war game side. You don't there's. I would say probably about just as a guess, maybe about eighty percent of board war gamers uh, don't tend to house rule. They want to kind of play. They'd like the game to just be the way it is, and then get the. They want to see an official like like change come out, like living rules or an FAQ or something like that. But 
they're not going to change a rule. So, right. Yeah. We, it's like, we, we have, you know, like sacred texts as our rule books, whereas many guys are like, it's all about this shit. I, I, you know, I pay, I took a week to paint, you know, yeah, that's right. I made all the pieces for this game. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, you have a mini. You're like you come from minis, right? I mean, I, I came from minis, so it's weird. Yeah. To, sometimes it's weird to see when guys are playing games and they're like, "Oh, we can't find this rule on this," and you're just like, "Yeah, we'll just make do." You decide what you. Yeah, I'm like, just change it. Like, what are you talking about? You, you're going to stop playing because you can't come up with the rule. Like, hey, let's just wait until we hear back from the rule designer. It's like, no, let's just play the game. So you you didn't you didn't you honestly never played like like a like a hex encounter game before you know you were you were already doing miniatures full on you know? oh no my first stuff was hex encounters but that's back with like again like teenage years or playing avalon hill games wrong because we didn't know how to play them like third reich and gettysburg and but uh when once i got once i was probably like 2021 i started getting into the miniature stuff and then all i did was miniatures probably until i was like my early 40s because i was always like why would i play a board war game when it's just cardboard pieces when i can have all the figures and the like it's kind of like the railroad uh set effect where you can see all the trees and have the buildings and so but then i realized how much work that was so you know it's as a side note to the to to my uh i, I was bitten by by a radioactive cardboard counter uh <laughs> when i was 10 um uh, following uh excelsior uh following uh the stanley my new stanley origin for for getting into wargaming you know i i do this kind of this kind of a, a discussion of you know why why i do what i do with students about you know about classics and what's interesting is that and i had never thought about this when i talk to my students and um because I have like this intro class that I have to do. It's like intro to classics and you're trying to bring students in and you're trying to tell them, you know, why the Greeks and the Romans and classical uh, classical studies are, you know, kind of ubiquitous and they're, they're a wonderful, um, you know, kind of, kind of humanities training. Um, but I, you know, I kind of, I make the students kind of talk about their own like experiences with classics. And so I do my, my own kind of, background you know what got me into it you know what what gave me the bug and when i was putting that together years ago um uh, what's interesting is that it, it was a war game that i really when as i really thought of it, it was a war game that actually got me into you know into what i do now professionally and uh, of all the war games man it was it was a um an avalon hill game called alexander which okay. is which is an old yeah it's an old avalon hill game which i still have man i actually brought it to the con I've just I've been I've been in this like classic wargaming mode right now, man. Like I'm so desperate to play, like um, like right now the game I'm working on Luftwaffe right now, Avalon Hills Luftwaffe game that I use to adore. But I'm just I'm in like this classic you know wargaming mode right now. But um, Alexander was actually a pretty solid you know tactical game that just did the Battle of Gogamela. Had a, an interesting mounted map and you know different types of units and the and actually for for its time. The, the the counters were beautiful they were they had different sizes and colors and it had a decent system and what's amazing is that that's kind of like what um you know kind of introduced me to who the persians were and who 
you know, Alexander the Great was. And I think that was really my first taste of antiquity. That got me interested in ancient history, and my interest in ancient history ultimately got me into the languages and everything else, and then just becoming more of a more of a general classicist. But what's even more amazing about that game is, you know who designed that Alexander tactical ancient war game for Avalon? No idea. Who? I know. I'm like, I'm doing your, I shouldn't be doing your job on your show. No, 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 you're good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't worry. If I become the unwelcome guest, just put put the foot up my ass. But I um, will. Believe me. I, oh, I know. That's true. I, I, who, who am I talking to? Why should I worry about you? <laughs> That's right. Why should I worry about you? No, no worries. But, but, but who, the, the lead designer on that game was Gary Gygax. Right. Oh, that's oh funny. wow! Isn't that fucking amazing? So yeah, well, he so, was a war gamer, right? That was the whole yeah. thing. That was before D. But I think it was. But I think. But you look. There's a secondary um, credit is like Jim Dunnigan. So sure. like basically, like what happens? Gary Gygax probably had this idea for Alexander. The game was probably such a terrible fucking war game that like a real war game designer had to come in and turn it into the quality that you know that Avalon Hill could publish. But I was, and another thing about that is not only did it get me the classics, but I think it also kind of represented like this kind of tug, uh, this 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 kind of schism that I've always had, like in my own hobby hobby background. Because I know Dave that you play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with your girls, and right. you know, I, I think there there's always like a pen and paper RPG, you know, kind of parallel with wargaming for a lot of people, and you know, uh, you know, it's like it's like you know. The, the the Spartans and the Athenians, or um, you know the you know the, the that sort of the the blues and the and the greens, you know it's like you you know you got to be you got to support one team or the other, right? The Dodgers or the Angels, um, and like we we kind of drew those two camps back in the eighties with between war gamers and RPG players, right? Yeah, I think like one of the maybe some of the things I do like about history are like the characters. And I'm not necessarily a movement type history fan as much as I like the individual characters and the excitement of following those characters. So for me, that maybe that's the, my, what I like about role playing and what I like about military history and all that kind of all dovetails together. So I, it's probably why when I play a war game, I really want to feel the flavor and feel like that, that kind of fun, exciting adventure in a game as opposed to something that's just going to walk me through uh, period, uh, a number of events that happen, and then there's a, a result at the end of the battle. Yeah, see, I would argue that that, I mean, it's it's all the same thing, man. I think that's why we... Wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. Oh, sorry. You just gotta make sure you're clicked down. Yeah, I know. It's, I have a... If you look at your lips on the screen, if your lips are red, your Rolling Stone lips, that means you're, you're broadcasting. <laughs> We're on your just, mumble screen, we're not just broadcast. We're not just broadcasting. We're broadcasting. Okay. <laughs> so don't talk. Don't talk about my lips, man. Um, okay. But uh, no, I think it's all the same thing, man. I think that that you know, you guys talk about by you guys by you people. I'm talking about ASO players, of course. Um, ASO players will talk. You guys talk about like why I love this game. Uh, it's not because of the, the tactical complexity, it's because of the story it tells. And, you know, you get that kind of a, that kind of identification, you know, that, that almost, that almost kind of role-playing identification as you play any of these historical games, you know, whether it's, you know, it's squads of soldiers or whether you're looking at, you know, moving divisions around, like, you're, you know, you're in the, you're in the general's chair or whatever. There's some kind sure. of a role-playing identification. And I think that's the draw to it. I think right, fucking, but, but fantasy but sports certain, is the same thing, right? It's, it's, oh yeah, it's all the same. Certain games give you more fodder 
than others. You know, certain games like ASL supplies you with a lot of detail, which then builds into the story as opposed to one division attacking another division and I rolled a six and you rolled a two and you're DR'd. And now we have to, you know, so I think that one of the things people do like about ASL, maybe a lot of tactical games, is that they like to get that that detail that they're getting, you know, that, that kind of allows, makes it easier for them to build a story about individuals. Oh, and I'm being a little facetious. I mean, you know, you know I've been I've been playing a little ASL um, for, oh, the, first, I'm not for a the first time in a long time. No, I, no, I know, I, but but I mean, like, but but that kind of narrative, you know, whether whatever game you're getting it out of, it's it's. I think that that is the same reason that, uh, or the same attraction has the same attraction as to why you watch a movie or why you read a book or why you would why you would, you know, yell magic missile, magic missile. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but you'll you'll pull out a game sometimes to play it. Say, hey, I'm a huge Civil War fan, so I'm going to pull out this game and I'm going to play it, and it leaves you cold. And then you'll pull out a different one, and that one will really get you, your juices fired up. And so there is a distinction there between different types of games. It's not necessarily just that you have an interest. Some games feed that kind of flavor that you want, and some games just leave you struggling with it, I guess. They don't do it for you. I just, I just yeah, I just, I love this question. I'm obsessed with this question because I have, I have a larger theory on, um, you know, on what drives, you know, uh, hum humans, which are, what makes us really different than animals. I think one of those things is we have this mimetic impulse, like we're driven by representations of ourselves because we're the most narcissistic motherfuckers <laughs> that ever existed, right? Like that's, that's what the narcissist story is about, right? It's yep. like, it's like, you know, that's why, look at me. yeah, like if you look at the earliest cave paintings, I think people are mistaken when they think that the earliest cave paintings are just nature because the earliest cave painting, one of the earliest cave paintings is actually, it's not just an animal. It's a dude dressed up as an animal. That's the first thing we painted <laughs> because we just, we it's, got it. We it's early to, cosplay. Yeah, exactly. We have That's to right. get ourselves. Right. So, so what I, whether, whether it's literature or whether, whether it's a, it's a game that's representing a battle, we, we want to see representations of ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think that is? Do you think part of the draw of the game is that you're, the, the player wants to insert himself into the scenario and see how he can do compared to the historical people? I think it's a more active form of mimesis. I think it's, uh, and there's, you know, I dropped enough F-bombs, so let's, let's put, a, let's put a, a technical Greek word on the podcast <laughs> to make it sound like we're not just stable. I appreciate right. mimesis. Yeah, but, but, anyway, but, that's, but I, I think that's, you know, the, the mimesis is, is more active as opposed uh, to being passive. And, and we're going to have links at the bottom of the podcast <laughs> to some a glossary for your I'll, I'll take notes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so... Mimesis has been used as a term to justify like literature, and I just I I it's one of the things that I I I talk about. One of the things that I'm interested in research wise is that I believe in a on a much broader definition of of mimesis. I think that representations of ourselves are in so many different media. It's not just you know film and television or reading or reading a novel or, or a story or whatever. I think games, video games, the war games that we play. Um, we are more actively playing out, you know, this mimetic version of, of events, you know, of that, that you know, of, uh, in our case, you know, these titanic uh, military struggles um, between historical figures. But, but I think we like the games um, because um, we can, instead of just reading about, um, you know, Gettysburg or, or whatever, 
um, you know, we can be an active participant in the and and we can be we can be part of the decisions and and be part of the process of, of what was going on in that battlefield. And I think it's a, it's a deeper, richer biosis than than just reading a book, for example, because it's active. Absolutely. Reading and and watching are are passive activities. Right. Yeah, you're a participant, right, by playing the game. Right. right. And and when we talk about scale and and identification and scale, I don't I don't think it's always that. Like, Dave, you've been playing Dian Ben Fu, and I don't know how well you connected with that game, but that gave me a greater story. And part of it is my under my understanding and appreciation of that piece of the conflict. But it doesn't tell as much of a personal story as ASL. But I connect much more to that kind of broader scope than the man-to-man struggle that's represented in ASL. So I, I, I think part of it is just where you connect with, you know, the storytelling and the the struggle of what's being represented. Well, so so right. I, I think you can can get that connection, like Paul was saying, at that higher scale as at the the squad scale or at the you know whatever you're interested i think certain games will pull you in just depending on 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 what you're looking looking well, for i i think it i think it's interesting because like so for world war ii it's about squads and tactics but if whenever they try to and sometimes companies will try to do this with like the civil war where they'll be like hey we're gonna do i think critical hit tried to do it like mm-hmm. we're gonna do a a tactical squad level civil war game uh no one's interested yeah, in that. No, yeah, that doesn't even because just, just the, thinking about that doesn't even make sense. Because when you when you read about the Civil War and when you read books about it, basically the most of the emotion and storytelling and immersion is kind of at a regimental level mm-hmm. and above. And so when they try to go below that, even to companies, it, it kind of loses you because you're used to this, the narrative of civil war battles and the, you know, all the drama being at, kind of at a regimental level where, so, I mean, I always see it like the, in that case, like it's obvious, but like, I think for you, DNB and Fu, one of the reasons it's, it, it connects to you so well is because you're so familiar with the history. So when you see the map, you know what all these locations are, right? Right. So, you know, these units, you know, the Algerians and the Thai troops and, uh, as a player who doesn't have maybe the same background in the period, um, it's interesting, but probably it doesn't resonate with me as much just because I'm not as familiar with the history, probably. But are, are the World War II histories down at that squad level? Like, and, and maybe they are, but most of what I've read is kind of grand strategic. And maybe World War II is just a little bit more personal. To where yeah, I don't know. Paul, Paul, what do you think? Why do you think that... Uh, Squad level World War II resonates with war gamers so much more than squad level Civil War. Well, I, th- I think that um, there's an archival issue there as historically as well. I mean, the Civil War, it's interesting you mentioned the Civil War because the Civil War was the first time that you were actually able to get um, fairly detailed accounts that weren't written by, um, you know, by, by a general or Right, because uh, there were more literate, commander. the population was literate. Yeah, so you had you had you had common soldiers, you know, um, leaving behind accounts of of the battles, and so the you know you you get a you get you get a radically different perspective from the nineteenth century on. You have you know your unit histories and your your larger, uh, uh, you know, more strategic, you know, sort of sort of uh, you know chess 
chess play version of the battles coming from the Jones and the commanders. But then you also had sort of that I'm in the foxhole uh, or I'm in, you know, whatever I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the bayonet charge and, and, you know, that, that individual common soldier's perspective, but that didn't really start till the 19th century, you know? So I think that um, you can't really have a tactical game, uh, for example, from antiquity where you're talking about, you know, you know, Dikaiopolis experience in the Hoplite charge. Now, guys try to do that, but it's it's all conjecture. You know, they're and they're basically they're you know, if you read like like a historical book about Thermopylae or you know, um, you know these you know one of these historical historical fiction is great. If you read it, for example, if you read historical fiction about being in Caesar's legions or something like that. You know that kind of perspective of what it was like for the for the centurion, you know the individual centurion or the or the the common soldier who was fighting, uh, you know in in those ancient battles. I mean that's all based on, you know, our modern experiences with war. And we're just projecting it on there because there's no surviving right. no, account from the common soldier. That's right. So I think, but 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 so you're you're going back to that period because it's a period that that you're that's in your wheelhouse. So. No, let's no, I'm actually, no, no, I'm let's, actually. Well, let's move it. Let's move it forward to the Civil War, where we actually do have those accounts, and we can kind of we we do have writing. Why is it that tactical level wargaming for the Civil War is not popular, or even company level, where when you get to World War II, it is popular? Oh well, I, I do think you have superior archival information on the World War II period, but we do have good information on the Civil War. But it's probably, isn't it like the nature of the warfare? I mean, wouldn't terrible swift sword yeah, be considered that, fairly, that's ta fairly is, tactical? Yeah, and that's you know that's that's kind of like the queen of Civil War, Civil War, or or, or even you know La Batal, right? I mean, isn't that basically as tactical as you can get, giving that that um, that style of warfare? Yeah, I guess, but I think there were small conflicts in the Civil War. It wasn't all divisions against divisions. I mean, there were small fights too that could be broken down. Like I'm trying to think, geez, I'm trying to think of anybody that's ever done it besides the, the weird critical hit game. Um, I, but I'm sure there were fights between Union and Confederate forces that involved a couple regiments on each side instead of uh, Maybe just the tactics weren't set up to maneuver as companies, so they maneuvered as regiments no matter what. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think you know the the fluidity of modern warfare probably lends itself to that that squad. Yeah, level, squad that maneuvering squad in World War Two is yeah so much more interesting than the, the squad in the Civil War doing exactly what the people on their left and right are doing. Yeah, like, like try to do a single a single man you know system. You know, in the Civil War, I mean, what are you you you're gonna have a single man maneuvering in amongst another two hundred guys in in a, in a formation in a, in a you know in a fiery? Oh yeah, I don't think civil single man would. Be. <laughs> I'm not talking but, about that, but I'm just saying I think it's interesting that for a lot of these games, there's a scale limit, and below it, it's just no one's interested in doing it. You know, it's like, but whereas once you get up in higher, uh, more modern times, then it's it's very popular. You know. But that's. But I think it's. I think it really is the nature of warfare because you know World War Two tactical is a leader and and you know four guys or a leader and, and eight guys. Tactical in you know in antiquity is you know a hoplite formation of six hundred guys. You know that's the that's mm. the maneuver unit. You know that's mm. the core unit. Okay, Paul. Uh, quick question for you: uh, What game are you currently playing? What war game is currently your hot war game? 
Okay, yeah. Okay, you know, I have. Can we name names on the podcast? Is that cool? Of course, one hundred. No, just because before we move on, because that's fine. I, I know that that you were on a strict schedule, and I know that you know you've the, got the you've schedule got, is not strict. <laughs> you got your strict. Not correct. Correct. You're, that's, that's I know. Totally I know false. that the, the producer is the producer's like giving you the times up sign in the corner, right? Your producer, mm-hmm. like in the other. No, we get the two I, hour I, light. I literally have a towel shoved underneath my door so I can't hear my family. So. <laughs> Um, I'm actually, I'm actually sequestered from, uh, you know, from my girlfriend and my dogs and stuff. I'm actually in my little gaming room, which is also where we, we, we put our clean laundry before it's folded. So I'm in my gaming room, uh, which is like, it's a multi, I mean, it, it's, it's a ton of war games, but it's also a, uh, it's also a video game, uh, like a retro, Slash a retro laundry. It's, it's like a retro video, video game room. And yeah, we have a little day bed in here and there's a big giant pile of laundry. Uh, next to me but no it just because this question about like kind of like identifying with the historical period like you know like like uh, jason with the with the vietnam material for example you know it's it's a period that he you know that he studies he reads it's you know so he gets a lot more involved you know in the game and then talking about like almost sure. kind of role-playing identifying with ASO or whatever i just there's one anecdote from uh from console world that's that's so like pressure to this and i just i just i had to share it well, we we are going to ask you to talk about Concept World, so be prepared to discuss okay. that and later. Just kind of a teaser for that, though, is because you guys know, I think you guys know Rick White probably better than than, than I. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't. Is Rick in AAC? I don't think he is. I would doubt it. I think, yeah, yeah Rick's but, like a. Which like, one's Jason? Do I know Rick? Uh, we've we I think we've crossed paths, but is, is maybe Rick not like the him. really nice guy that lives in your town? He's from Canada. He's up. He's up by. Oh, I don't know. He's better friends with Ralph, I, I think. That's Brian. Oh no, I know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's no, better no. friends with Ralph, and he's a fantastic. Yep. He's like a fantastic ASL player. I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. Okay. He so, is not in the guild. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> he's like he's like a friend of the guild. No, that doesn't surprise me. But so I, I was doing. He was playing a game um, within uh, with Callendale. Uh, they were playing a pretty heavy World War Two, World War One, excuse me, World War One strategic game, and I was doing, I would do flybots to say hey to Callendale, and I was kind of interested in that in that game, and so I was checking it out, and I was just doing one of those flybys, really not trying to get involved, because Rick's also the kind of, he's a serious, he's a really good dude, and a brilliant guy. He's a he's a he's a, uh, a statistician. He's really really smart, and he but he's kind of like he's one of those guys where it's like if he's playing a game it's like he's you know he's trying to get something done i don't want to i don't want to fucking bother him you know but so i was just doing a flyby and i really was just politely you know going by but we ended up getting involved in this conversation and that came out of nowhere and it came through asl and basically all this stuff that we're talking about he was presenting me the complete opposite argument i'd never been anybody like this he, he was talking about asl and you know how it was it you know he liked to play you know serious players, but ASL was just it was just numbers to him. It was just numbers <clears> and combinations, and that that it was just about optimization. He could give a shit about really about, with, yeah, with no, that sure. complex of a system. Well, and he loved the complexity. I guess that's part of wow. part of the draw for him. And he and so he's like, yeah, I used to play with a friend who was a role player. We would play these games, and he would be terrible at it because you know he would like feel it whenever he lost a half track or or a leader or whatever, like he would like, it would be like this experience for him. And it's like, and I have, you know, to me, they're just numbers, you know, I'm just trying to optimize the system. I'm trying to play the system so that I can, you know, optimize it and win. 
And so, and I just, I was like amazed by that because I was just like, you're here in this room that's all these fucking historical themed war games, and you have absolutely no interest really in the history or the personality or the narrative that's behind the games. And I mean, I, and I, I, maybe there was a little bit there, but you know, he's like, I grew up with these games. And so that's kind of like, you know, why I do this. And he's attracted to the, to the complexity, but, but that's the only guy that I've ever come across who really didn't have that sort of mimetic identity with the games. And it kind of blew me away. Wow. Cause I was just thinking like, I, why would like, this just doesn't sound like fun at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> yeah. Playing as ASL, like, like, one would play chess just doesn't does not sound interesting to me at all right or or how like the way you would play like a like a card or game like in, go or, a card game yeah, in vegas uh, or something you know where but yeah, yeah just so, trying to i mean it's, beat it's the house. so i mean I just, I just i just was reminded of that in our, from our conversation and it's like especially since the, the particular game that i'm going to review in this this podcast is probably the opposite direction it could not be more opposite of asl so my, my review is, is going to be about a game that is not serious at all and doesn't care about numbers. So Sweet. it's all about story. So I, so, like that. so I, I still believe in my Mises and narcissism. I believe me, I still, I still feel really strong about this. And I know that Rick Wright will probably never go near this podcast in a million years. But Rick, if you're listening, you're fucking on my theory. Rick, if if you're listening, stop listening, please. Stop now. No, I I, actually, you're not allowed to listen anymore. I like Rick's. Rick's a a smart. Don't do not play Rick with ASL. He will kick your ass. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that. That's probably never going to happen. So, (laughs) because I know, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) Just, just remember that our wargaming tribe is pluralistic and large. We're not all the same. Hey, so you, so Paul, do you have any good SBI stories about when you guys would order pizza over at SBI? <laughs> Don't, I love Mark Herman, man. Come on, let's let's not let's not I, hate. I do too. No, I love that podcast. But they're so much fun to. Write. I want to hear the I want to hear the story when you guys played a game on the weekends and you all ordered pizza. You know, it's so good. I love that Mark was talking about how he was like a roadie and stuff for a while, which is just that's just kind of crap. I was a fucking roadie. That's what I, my dad's a rock musician. That's what I did. That's how I paid my way through uh, through my undergraduate career. I set up goddamn who did you roadie for i wrote it for local rock acts and all in the in the in the phoenix and tucson area well honestly the the hobby is literally too small to to waste any energy on hating on people so it's like we don't really care it's oh, just we, it's we nothing but we love just you. right you, we yeah we we poke but we love you guys we're not we're not important enough to really critique people you guys are so. you guys are poking the establishment man that's what you guys are doing that's right because we're such rebs yeah. Oh, but you know, I think maybe you know, I was thinking about that. That might be, that might be one of the things about console world about how you know maybe last year you guys didn't have as much fun because if it, it's not just the irreverence, but one of the things about console world is like there's all those designers are everywhere, you know, and you can get starstruck. And one thing I will say about about AAC is guys in AAC are not starfuckers. So that's we not... we do not give a fuck exactly yeah. <laughs> zero fucks yeah. given. I could I could yeah. only imagine what it would be like if we ever brought on a game designer besides Mitchell Land, obviously, who's yeah. very very down to earth. But uh, it probably wouldn't go well because uh, at some point someone would say something that maybe did not match what the designer thought that his treatment should be, <laughs> and then it would quickly degenerate and go downhill. And, and they're all welcome to come in discourse, but we're just not going to pander. No. 
I think that's the difference. I think you guys would be surprised. I think there's a lot of designers out there that are. That are no, I think. I mean, cool. they're, they're regular came guys. by when yeah. no. it was a bunch of guild guys at Console World last year playing Fire and Lake, and he came over and talked to us for a little bit. And no, we, we talked to him like like he was a person, not like he was some wargaming god, because he's a person. And, and and we liked him, and and he had valid input, and it was a pleasure talking to him. But we're also not going to bow at his altar. The the the. the... But, you know, I mean, the biggest issue they would have probably is I can rarely remember what their names are. So I'm so <laughs> bad at it. Like, I was just about to try to do Dean Essig, and I was like, Dane, Dale Ellis? I'm like, no, he was a he was a forward for the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> like, That's awesome. But Dean Essig, like, that guy seems like a regular dude. You know, like, yeah. a lot of these guys seem like... Yeah, they're, they're good guys. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, they take the time to make the games, so it's like, that's fine. But I mean, basically, we if we pay for them, we critique them. Uh, it's also I have a basic rule where we generally don't allow people who do other podcasts to come on our podcast either, so they can do their so own is podcast. So is Mitch not coming back? He he made the circuit. No, I mean I'm saying if they have a podcast, oh, if I someone see. else has their own podcast, they can just do their own podcast. I like see. we bring on guys who, you know, don't have a venue uh, to speak. So okay, Paul. So not to bring you back to topic, um, but what game are you currently playing? The, or, what game is the hot is game that, for Paul? Is that the current topic? That, that's what that's we the were question asking. he that asked. Was, that is the <laughs> question six I asked. minutes okay. ago. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Does this have to be a war game? Uh, no. 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 Right? no. Okay. No. I, actually, the the war game that I'm currently, um, you know, got on the floor here in pieces right now, as I mentioned before, uh, is an oldie but a goodie, uh, and it is uh, the str- the strategic air game Luftwaffe. Now, oh, that's right. Now, what, and now I don't want you. I don't want you to review the game. I'm not reviewing anything. Just talk briefly about the game. No, <laughs> okay. well, yeah, because we've got a lot of stuff we've got to get I through. Know, right? I you. Yeah. You invite. You invite. There, there's there's going to be more episodes, Paul. So there's plenty of time for us to get through everything. I I will ever be known as the podcasting menace. Um, yeah, no, uh, Luftwaffe is an old, another old Avalon Hill game. It's probably one of those games, like I talked about how um, I started out with Dubrook. It was one of those family of Avalon Hill games that, you know, I just caught. I, I, that's the other thing is when I started gaming, stuttering, I think I just had a stroke. Um, when I started gaming, uh, you know, I only knew Avalon Hill. I didn't discover SPI for a few years later, you know, so I just thought, oh, well, Avalon Hill is the company that just makes these games. And so I, you know, went through their catalog. But Luftwaffe was one of you know the popular ones that I ended up getting, and I you know I loved air I loved air um, uh, air combat too. I you know I thought that was amazing. Um, so, uh, but what's weird is you know um, just pulling that off my shelf, um, you know it's the tattered box with you know um, unbagged pieces spilling out of it. <laughs> Right, I was eleven. You know, I didn't. I didn't know any. So this is your original copy. This from when you were a kid, right? But I followed this up. I mean, uh, you know, with the original copy, and I, I just, you know, I started, I started uh, playing around with it again, and then of course I went on Board Game Geek, and I hadn't looked at Luftwaffe on Board Game Geek ever. Um, why would I? And I didn't, I didn't realize this, but Decision Games had made a new version of it. And so I got I got a I just got a copy of that actually, and um, I'm actually in the process of um, of readying the Decision Games version of Luftwaffe, and uh, I'm going to give I'm going to give that's that nice. a roll. Yeah, so that's cool. I I had the same experience. I did the uh, 
Napoleon at Leipzig version from 79 or 80 that I played when I was a kid in my basement. And then I got the new version, kind of compared them. Let me see what the differences were between them. And for those that don't know, I mean, Lufov, I mean, a lot of guys probably don't Lufov, but Lufov is basically the, it's the strategic air campaign against, uh, against Germany. And so it starts, you know, kind of at the end of 43, and then you kind of go all the way through 45. And basically, um, the Allied player, uh, uh, almost most almost entirely American planes. You start with um, with just a few um, a few fighters and a few um, a few strategic bombers, but your you know your air wings grow uh, you know as as you progress uh, through the game through forty five, and every uh, every round you basically plot. Uh, you, you have a, a little plot sheet, right? Because like the old days, right? We had lots of record sheets and, and shit like that. And that's one of the things about all those games that were cumbersome, right? But you literally have this this um, this plotting sheet where you you plot out where all the all the bombers are going to go, right? Like so, you you know, and you, you can target air factories, or if it, you're playing the more complicated game, you can have other targets. And the German player just sets okay. up all of his fighters on the air bases, and as the American player executes his bombing raids with his escorts, the German players' uh, fighters come up, and with a with a very primitive CRT, um, they they fire they fire. Oh. I like that. We're we're under we're under. I think, I think Paul just entered a vortex into the. Uh, You're doing good. Uh, we're underwater. Nice pocket review of the game. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Luftwaffe is what I what I have currently. So, hey Paul, uh, what are you drinking? Are you drinking for this podcast? All right. So, I was worried about this. Um, oh, what is going on, Paul? I know this is this is probably worse than playing Commands and Colors, man. All right, dude. Like I had. The most unbelievable attack of insomnia last night, all right? Which is one of the reasons why I just started writing shit, which is what I do when I can't sleep. And, um, you know, because I was nervous, man. I mean, I knew I was going to be on this podcast. This is my one shot. Yeah, that's what the alcohol's for. This, that's what gets rid of the this nerves. This is my big, my big break. No, but literally, I was up all night and I think I slept maybe two hours. And, um, I had. So the answer is. The answer is. You're drinking water. No, I'm drink, I'm drinking a, a giant. A giant, a giant espresso drink. I'm drinking coffee, man. And oh, and I water. think that's the exact <laughs> opposite direction you should be heading right now. I, I did well, not think that's a good move. But I, I literally, <laughs> I literally woke up a half. I woke up like a half hour before. You know, and I was thinking about. I think that might be a huge mistake. <laughs> no, I was, thinking, I was thinking about this too, though, because I have plenty of alcohol in the house, and I know the ritual. And I was thinking, well, tell them, you know, I'm, I have, you know, I have, I have like, uh, uh, like, a, I have like a 100 rum. You know, drink. No, I know. Why am I going to fucking lie? Why am I going to? Why am I going to fucking lie about drinking? You know, what? Who fucking cares? I mean, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. But, but yeah, I mean, I honestly, well, not not really. We might just make you go last with your. You're absolutely going last. Absolutely going last. I'm doing. I'm doing. Are you reviewing Luftwaffe in this in this podcast? Because if you're trying to like mess up our whole rhythm here. Well, I, what game are you going to review, Paul? Uh, okay, I didn't get any notes on me doing a review, but I'm I'm more than happy to do a review. You don't you. have to. No, no you don't fine. Have to. I can review a game. I didn't. No. I didn't know I was. I, I I feel like you're going to provide enough content without a review. I somehow something tells me that you're going to provide plenty of content I mean, throughout this. Anyway, podcast. I, I mean, I was, one would would think if you had listened to the podcast, you would know that the guest host <laughs> usually right. reviews right. a pod a, a game, but but you don't have to. 
Do you, do you know there's a quiz, right? <laughs> this is oh, like the first I, person. We're an hour in, and there's I know, a quiz. I know there's a quiz. Yeah, but I because you know, I because now I'm not sure that you did know. That. <laughs> so I've listened to podcasts where the where the guests did not do a review, and so I didn't. I wasn't sure. I figured you would have told me, but it's fine. I'll, no, re- it's fine. I'll review a it's game. Fine. I don't care. Um, we'll see. Why don't we play it by ear? We'll see how long it goes. because yeah, I think this sure. might be one of our longest episodes ever in history, and it's, it's and I'm on board. It, it, it's fine, but uh, for the environment, just the gas consumption as people are sitting out in their cars in the parking <laughs> lots with their AC on, listening, it's kind of like, if we, I'm a little concerned about the environment. If we have to, I will reach over and grab one of these fucking games from my Oh, show. I like where this is going. At random, and I will review it if I have to do that. Whatever. I, I, I like that. I like game. that idea a lot. I mean, I, because mine will be pretty quick. This is, uh, this is an entertainment family, man. I mean, I do whatever it takes to keep to keep the people happy, to keep them entertained, man. That's right. That's what we do. Paul's, Paul's the guy who, and, and some of you guys might be listening, but uh, who've never met Paul, and you're like listening to him talk, and you're thinking, this is exactly how Paul is normally. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys. Like, yes, uh, when I was at much. Game On, uh, the first night, I got a little bit of a legendary drunk on. Yes, I screamed about a scotch egg in a restaurant, and whatever, I might have... So the next day I, I, I saw Paul and I knew I had talked to Paul that night and I'm like, hey, I just wanted to say, hey, I'm sorry, because uh, I think I might have been kind of rude to you. And Paul's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, I think I might have. He goes, he goes, you were just being you. <laughs> Paul was like, Paul was almost like offended that I was apologizing to him. That's awesome. Yeah, we we yeah. love. That's we awesome. So we could all use more friends in our lives you. like that. <laughs> yes, then, very you much. Know, you know, I I really I was so looking forward to having a beverage too, guys. But what a fucking night I had, and I'm drinking coffee, and that's just the way it is. I'm being honest. So I fuck. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We appreciate your honesty, yeah. Dave. What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Stella. I got some Stellas. Oh, Stella so, Artois. Uh, that's Very right. Fancy. That's a good that's beer. Right. That's a good beer. It's 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 decent. It's good. I've gotten snobbier as I'm getting older. So, okay. you know, I, I like. St- I've got some Guinness. I like the you, dryness. I've of got it. some Guinness. You, I've got some Guinness blondes in my fridge that I'm tempted to break out, but they're not. Uh, they're you, not as you good should, as I thought. No, they you were. should do that. Uh-uh. I haven't tried the blonde. I, I haven't gone that direction. I, I stick I'm to regular. I'm a little Guinness. disappointed with the blondes. But anyway, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I am drinking um, three corn and oils, which is uh, lime juice, velvet falernum, and a shit ton of rum. Nice. So I, I was six ounces of rum in before we started, and I have another seven in the room with me. Dude, I've um, been a terrible influence in my neighborhood lately. I went to a pool party the other night, uh, in fact, last night, and... Uh, one of the dads there is a good guy and he likes access and allies we start talking he's like oh yeah i played access and allies i'm like oh stop right here you fucking are you kidding me like you i fucking do also he's like well i just kind of do access and allies but it's kind of hard to get all the guys his buddies would all show up at the house and they would set it up i'm like he's like they've never had like a good online access and allies i'm like you've never heard of vassal <laughs> yeah so I showed him where the Vassal mod was for Axis and Allies, and he's like, oh, yes, it's going to happen now. This is awesome. I'm like, is your wife going to be cool with me showing you this thing? Like, He's like, oh, no, this is all about me. It's my time. He's basically like, it's going to be my time now. Like, I'm going to enjoy all this. 
like it's about me for this. So, did you tell him there are better games out there? <laughs> I, I I'm I'm kind of trying to get him like in. I don't I I've, I've had it where I've kind of tried to recruit guys too quickly, and you can kind of scare them off. So. Uh, but yeah, the interesting side of it was when I initially got there, we had like one beer. By the time it was over, like all the guys were like, I think each of them must have had like six or seven beers. Like all of them were like trying to be cool. Like, oh, I got to kind of run some chores, do some chores today. And one of the wives made a comment. She's like, well, it looks like the boys have had a little bit to drink. So I guess the wives are going to drive home. I'm like, fuck no, yeah, that's gosh. Up. So it's good. Just trying to like help out. How about the boys? Yeah, spread the good word. But yeah, so I'm, I'm interested it. to see how his Axis and Allies vassal experience goes. So, so you're tr- you're trolling Axis and Allies players to add to the wargaming tribe. Oh, it, if I get like any kind of hint for that, I'm, I. But you know they 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 don't always like making the leap. You know, like they're no, they're not yeah. easy to bring over. So we'll, is see, that, we'll see what is happens. Is that the wargaming equivalent of uh, of uh, cruising? Uh, Cruising a high school in a Camaro with a with a case of beer in the back of your Camaro. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Paul. I didn't do that as a, an adult. It's not, so it's not adult. a great. Is is it the equivalent? It's not Paul? a great metaphor, but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why that just came to mind. And, and like, it, I'm yeah, hearing Matthew like, McConaughey the, for some reason. Is that the equivalent of being a sex offender and driving by the? Is that kind of where you're going with that, or <laughs> getting no? access and okay. al- getting access and allies players to play squad leader is the equivalent of it's, being it, a sex offender in real the, life. I the, keep getting no, older, and they keep playing this. It's <laughs> the equivalent of selling them selling them weed for free That's in the beginning, so you can get them. Jason's feeling. Jason, Jason's feeling it. He knows what I'm. I, I'm on board. I, I feel you. Okay, so Paul, there's a quiz. Oh Jesus! Is this Braxton's it's fucking a- nightmare? Braxton was like, so I was up all night writing, and Braxton was up all night Wikipediaing fact. This is what you were worried about. The, this is why you stayed up. From the fucking Russo-Japanese War or whatever. According to Braxton, it is the best podcast quiz ever. Okay, here's the title. Here's the thing, best and this is fine, man. I'm quiz. I'm doing this, and I'm do. You know why I'm doing this? Why? Because I'm I'm not because I'm not because you aren't going to be able to sleep. I'm not a fucking no because I'm not a fucking pussy. But here's the problem, all right. I you know obviously I am an, I'm an academic, right? And the chances of of one of my yes, students right. of one of my students listening uh, to this podcast are slim. Yeah, are just they're you know they're astronomical, right? Slim. But but if one of my here's the thing about this quiz, if one of my students, or as I like to say, uh, if one of these fucking millennials um listens to this podcast and hears me wipe out on this quiz right you know what that means to this new generation it's like oh my god like like you know my professor's a fucking dumb shit he doesn't know anything i know everything because i can wikipedia so i mean just as a caveat so so you're feeling some pressure i'm i'm not feeling pressure as much as i am taking this quiz um with under duress under duress no i'm not under i'm not under duress i i just i'm i'm, I'm taking part of this process that i don't believe in oh i see okay so <laughs> so so you're basically saying i'm going to take the quiz but i don't agree with the concept of having to take this that's, that's right and and the, and I'm an, and but I'm I an think the, the spirit of the quiz is opposite of the the millennial mindset of hey I'm just going to Wikipedia it's it's all in good fun 
it's don't don't use your phone, don't use your computer. Just do do you know this stuff? It's not, but, but I don't think it's poking fun at anybody. I think it's just, hey, these are questions. Do you know it? I I, I think the most I would have ever scored on a quiz is four or five when when there were five questions or one question with five answers for a Vietnam Vietnam thing in one quiz. So I I can put it out there that I would fail. No, I'm, and, I'm, and Paul, I'm, Paul, I'm not going to say that I'm the quiz. I just want to say before we do the quiz that uh, uh, Braxton has no knowledge of who the host is when he makes the quiz, and I'm saying this because I do not think these questions are going to be uh, necessarily ones that you're going to be not happy. A, not with. in the wheelhouse. That's, that's fine. I mean, again, it's, it's you know. Uh, I think it might be Guinness Blonde time. <laughs> so, so yeah, right. So, so why don't you grab a Guinness Blonde, and then we can do this quiz. It's all good, man. I'm being a little facetious. I'm fine. I mean, I'm probably gonna wipe this thing out, but it's all good. That's fine. okay. You're gonna There's kill it. Wrong with no, you're gonna do awesome. As all long right. as you get one right, we'll, we'll That's continue recording. And, yeah, we'll setting the bar right. high. And you can always claim. You can always claim that it was my terrible pronunciations that made you. <laughs> you didn't know, like I didn't know that was the battle he was talking about. Like who says it's it that bar way? high here. I got to get one right. All right, how many questions are? There? That's right. Well, there's uh, that's that's controversial. There's uh, let's see. <laughs> there's any number oh, of questions. There's fifteen questions and then five bonus questions. Jesus, fifteen questions. Or three questions. Well, three, five right, that's right. Fifteen. Well, I guess there are individual questions. I guess so. He does list different questions. So again, so, that, yeah, that's, so that's just perfect. So the the better answer is there's fifteen answers and five bonus answers. Is that better, Jason? Wow. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's get let's started. Go, let's I think that that's a long way of saying that uh, Paul's really excited oh. about taking the quiz and he's volunteering <laughs> to do it. So uh, it's Huzzah. it's time for. Name that opposing commander. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, I've been this is a good for one. This all my life. First battle of Breitenfeld, sixteen thirty-one. Uh, Johann Sarkles, the Count of Tilly, is our general. Who's your general, Paul? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> this is this is first, Jason. First, I, first, I didn't first, even get that. First battle of Breitenfeld. <laughs> 1631, the Count of Tilly is our general. Who is your general? Breitenfeld, Breitenfeld, Breiten. 1631. Right, right. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what war that is, to be honest with you, man. So, I was, I was going to say the same thing. What I war is that? I believe it's, it's 30 years war. I was going to say 7 or 30. Gustavus Adolphus. Oh my god, I was going to say Gustavus Adolphus. But you didn't. So uh, the next, the next <laughs> battle we didn't get there. Like the, is the like battle the only, of Versailles. That's the only like musket and pike era guy that I could name. And the battle of Versailles, forty eight BC. Uh, Pompey the Great mm. is our general. Mm. Who is your general? Pompey the Great is your well. Your your, your fat old Pompey the general is is your is your general. Uh, you're, you're okay. Pompey? Let's not judge. I mean, people come in different shapes and Pompey, sizes. <laughs> Pompey was a was a great general at one time, but he always had a big head. Um, and by big head, I mean like it was it was like a satellite dish. Um, 
Like like a like, like a, a fat melon, head, you not, know? not he was full of himself. Well, of course, of course, his deposing general was the the little known uh, Roman general named Julius Caesar. That is correct. So Jason, he got that one correct. All right, Battle, Battle of Cedar Mountain, eighteen sixty two. Our general is Nathaniel Banks. Who is your general, Paul? <laughs> Civil War, one of my weak plots. Um. Cedar Mountain. I don't even know which side I'm on. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, so our general is Nathaniel Banks. Your general is. So is this is this a minor general? Is this a? I'm looking at you with a stony face. Inscrutable. I know. Was there was there a Civil War general named mm. named General Linebacker? Yeah, you want to take that <laughs> this General Linebacker? General Linebacker. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. Is that your final That's answer? Final. It's uh, Stonewall Jackson. Oh my! He gave you a hint. I, I did. I'm sorry. He said stony face. Um, I think I'm tanking. I the think I'm tanking this on is... purpose just to prove a point. Good. You've, got, okay. you've gotten one right, so it's going to be recorded, so you're in good shape. The Battle of Monmouth, 1778. Our general is George Washington. Your general is whom? Um, British General Monmouth. You're, you're on the right track. Uh, <laughs> George Washington, opposed by a British general. Oh my god, I know this and I can't think of his name. I'm right there with uh, you. I can't think of his name. Um, Moore. Is is that your guess? That is my crappy guess, yes. The answer is Henry Clinton. Oh, it's Clinton. Yes, of course. It's Bill Clinton's great-great-grandfather. Is that true? Yes. See, actually, it's no. Okay. It's a complete lie. <laughs> uh, Third Battle of Kharkov, 1943. Our general is Philippe Golikov. Your general is whom? Uh, the, the clue is, our general sounds like he might be a Soviet general. Yeah, I, 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 Who is your I general? Got, I got that. I got that. I'm not completely third battle of Kharkov. I'm not completely completely ignorant to all military history post you know the first century AD. Um, th what you, you said, forty three, nineteen forty three. It's basically the main battle of Kharkov, the one everyone knows about. Oh God, um, I just haven't I haven't been playing around with East Front stuff forever. I mean, I can name a bunch of just random generals. Paulus. We we would prefer you to name just one random general. Paulus. Is that your answer? Yeah, that's. Uh, the Eric von Manstein. Oh, Manstein. Uh, mm. You know, I was gonna say. I was gonna say my second guess was model. So I was fucked. Yeah, Paulus was stuck in uh, Stalingrad. I or I know he might have been gone by now. He might have already surrendered at this point. Probably did. Okay, question number two. We're going to move on. Oh, and so it's uh, name the officer who replaced each listed military commander during wartime. And Braxton, Jesus Braxton, Christ, Braxton. he goes, you may give hints as to what war the officers are associated with. Say the question again. It's 
the, re- Name the, the officer, officer who replaced, replaced the officer? military cap commander during the war. This Jesus is, Christ. This is going, like, pretty much exactly as I thought it would. <laughs> okay, so, Paul, uh, who, who replaced Major General Ambrose Burnside, American Civil War? Burnside was the guy that, like, dug the tunnel and, like, blew up his own units, right? Uh, let's let's focus on who replaced him as an army well, general. Why would I do that when I don't fucking know? So I might as well just okay, I so, might as well distract okay. with with you know more useless trivia. Um, he, he's the guy with the sideburns. He has the sideburns. So you're gonna give up on that I, one? I don't know. Grant, Grant. Come on, Paul. Nah, come on, Paul. Listen to the hint. It wasn't a bad one, but it's Major General Joseph Hooker. Hooker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next is who replaced General Douglas MacArthur during the Korean War? Oh my God! Oh, I don't even know that. Was Bradley still a general? Um, Korean War general. I refuse to answer your questions. <laughs> Come on, man! Hint? It's the Forgotten War. Nobody knows any of that stuff. Um. <laughs> the, the, the is, it's in the well, Korean well, War. Well yeah, I, I don't know. I'll go with Bradley. I don't. General Matthew Ridgway is the correct I've answer. Never that in a million years. Mm. Who replaced General William Westmoreland? Okay, Jason knows this, but yeah, I, J- I clearly Jason do knows not. this for sure. Um, Are you getting no comment? <laughs> I, I have no idea. General linebacker. General Creighton Abrams. Oh wow, the guy the guy the guy we named the tank after? That's right. The guy with yeah. the tank. He's got a tank. Right. Yeah. He drove that tank all over. He loved that tank. Man, he loved that tank. It's a badass tank. Just just okay. Just so like all the the you know podcasters can relax. No, I don't teach any courses on American history, so fucking relax. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one was wondering. The, the next is uh, General Thomas Gage, American Revolution. Who replaced General Thomas Gage? Benedict Arnold. Why not? General William Howe. Oh, God. The next is World War One. Okay. Eric von Falkenhayn was replaced by whom? Oh, my God. Um, you give me a clue? I cannot. Uh, World War One. I'm allowed to give yeah, you a quote, right. the, the clue that it was in World War I. I don't know any World War One generals, man. Um... I don't know. Um, General uh, Von Zeppelin Guggenheim. Is that your answer? No, it's a joke. Obviously, I don't know. Okay, so you give up? Yes. I like how uh, my Paul favorite part of this quiz, by the way. Paul, Paul von Hindenburg, you were actually close when you got the Zeppelin. I'm like, maybe he's That's actually going to I know, right? Uh, my favorite part of this quiz, by the way, is not, you know, the ridiculously trivial nature of the questions, but it's the prodding that comes with Dave. You know, like, you would be like, you, if Steve Harvey ever quits, you're not getting that fucking Dave's an actor. You're not getting prodder. that fucking job if, if Steve Harvey ever quits, because the people would just, like, want to punch you in the face. Come on, I, I'm just trying to figure out the answers. The problem is people try to, like, get you to say the answer. And I've been tricked into giving answers before, so I have to be very careful. 
So am I in the running? Am I in the running for the worst score like in the history of the podcast? Because I've only gotten one correct. Uh, No, someone has gotten zero correct. That's right. We did have zero. Well, I have that. Okay, the next question is, for each listed military engagement, name which war or conflict it is most associated with. So for the military engagement or battle, name which war or conflict it is most associated with. The first is the Battle of Lens, L-E-N-S. Good luck, Paul. Lens? Um, So, like, I'm just... It's possible that these locations could have been from multiple wars, and I just have to pick the one that would. No, no, it's 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 a war. This is a, a war that you're going to pick from, or not know the answer to. So, in other words, and what so, war? What war did the Battle of Lunds happen in? Correct. Exactly. Okay. Um. Wow. Um. Napoleonic War? Incorrect. It's the Thirty Years' War. Thirty Years' War, okay. The next is the Battle of Cheriton. C-H-E-R-I-T-O-N. Cheriton or Cheriton? What war? Oh, God. Um, yeah, these first two I would not have known Cheriton? at all. Um... I like when you try to pronounce it differently than how I pronounced it, as if you know what war or what even country. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like Sheraton. You're like, oh, it must be Keraton, even though it's like. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm visualizing the spelling that that you're trying to, you're trying to see the battle. Visualizing the spelling um, that you're Keraton. I I think this one is Cheriton. Yeah, I I gave both Keraton or Cheriton. I think I think it is Cheriton. Or Sheraton. That's what I'm saying. You're saying share or chair? Sh- Sheraton. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, th- I'm probably saying I'm saying Keraton because Keraton's actually a Greek, an ancient Greek novelist. So sorry, I'm just visualizing the name. No, it's fine. It's not. It's not Greek. It's fine. Is it? I'll is give it. Paul, oh, feel free to give is up. It C- and move is it C H A R I T O? C H E R I T O N. Oh, like share, like share, like share. If you believe in love, <laughs> have to love. That was really excellent. Epic, right? Yeah, that's right. There's that should be inspiring. That's right. Uh, I yeah, I just I have no idea. I've never. I don't even know what that place is in reference to. Caraton. So. so. Well, good. That's the kind of one then we shouldn't spend too much time on. Just kind of move on. on. That's a first first English Civil War. Uh, next is the Battle of the Chosin Reservoir. Battle oh, of the Chosin Reservoir. Um, so, so, what's the idea of this this question? What's is the war? To name the, what, the conflict. The war that oh, that okay. occurred in the Battle of the Chosin Reservoir. Uh, Vietnam. Okay. You, 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 you mentioned this earlier. You, you forgot about it. Uh, I think he just gave an answer, Jason. I think you're trying <laughs> to bail him out. Son of a bitch. He blurted out an answer. 
What's your What's your answer, uh, Paul? Because Jason's trying to rescue. Well, you. go ahead, Jason. Try to rescue me. No, he's not allowed. He can't do it. You have to give an answer. It's It's the rum talking. Your answer is the Vietnam War. What? Yeah. Why not? Okay. It's uh, the Korean War, actually. Oh, okay. So. Well, I, I I figured it was it was an Asian battle, so that was why I guess we were not. So. Uh, what's the Battle of Port Arthur? What war? Yeah, this is the this I made a joke about this. It was so Japanese war. See, Whoa! Good job. That was good. Well, that was yeah. That was what I was studying. I was one... fucking studying the Russo-Japanese War last night because that's what I thought I was going to get. So, 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 kids, <laughs> the cautionary tale here is maybe you should have some alcohol before you come on the show. It might loosen up those the those memories. The espresso is not helping my test taking ability. Yeah, the caffeine not gonna not gonna help you. Uh, the final one is the Battle of Watling Street or Waitling Street. W A T L I N G. Battle of Waitling Street. Yeah, that's. That's not really a war. That's Boudicca's revolt. That is correct. It says war or conflict. Nice. It says war or conflict. How dare you challenge Braxton's question creating. Uh, so that's two. That was good. I thought that was a tough question. Yeah. I, very. What very I tough. Now? Yeah. Uh, this next one I would kill on just because of what I've been doing lately, but I'm not sure that Paul is going to to whatever he's going to. And this is a bonus question. So Jason, do you want to quickly explain to the listeners uh, what bonus is and how that's different from the other, the other answers we've been talking about? So Paul, the, the bonus questions are, are worth exactly the same amount as all the other questions <laughs> like, you've already answered. Like it matters. So, it so, so, so take these more seriously much, because they're worth exactly the same much, as everything else. How much else. these are worth. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to get my head around this, Jason. But you're telling me that um, these bonus questions are don't have any extra value uh, compared to their other well, questions. No, they're bonus. They're they're bonus questions, but they're but point wise, they're worth exactly the same amount. I see. But they are bonus questions. Got it. Good. All right. See now, I I think I understand. So, Paul. Because they're because they're bonus questions, they're, but they're worth the that's same right. amount. So without the bonus, yeah. you could only score fifteen points. Now you can score right. twenty. Right, but it's but it's twenty out of twenty, not not twenty out of fifteen, because nice. they're still worth the same amount. Right, or maybe we start saying it's out of fifteen, and they just get the bonus. But then we wouldn't be able to have this conversation every podcast. But then they would be worth that's more. Right. <laughs> exactly. And they're not worth hey, more. Hey, they're worth the same Hey, we amount. couldn't talk about this every single episode. And I don't know what I would do if I didn't this have is, this conversation. This, this is just a way to pro prolong the torture. Is that, that's really Oh, Paul, are you still there? Okay, hey. hold on. We got Paul on. Let's get Paul. Let's finish up this quiz. Uh, okay, hold on. All right, so Paul, there are name the five strongly contested geographical areas or landmarks that were fought over during the Battle of Stalingrad. So name, name five geographical areas or landmarks that were fought over during the Battle of Stalingrad. There you go. Oh, God. Oh, the, tra the tractor work? You know, the, the, wasn't there a big tractor factory? Um, okay. I, I, I would I'll say yes. I'll accept that answer. Yeah. Jason, did, you have the, did, did Braxton send you the podcast quiz also? 
No, but I played okay. Stormer over Stalingrad. Yeah, enough, I'll, so I'll that I would you. accept that. It's answer. with Jerzinski, Jerzinski Tractor Factory. We'll accept that. Yep. yep. Four more. We don't. We don't need Russian. We just need four more. There is. There was a Tractor yep. Factory. Yeah. Okay. See. See. I'm not completely bereft so, of of all knowledge. Uh, okay. So what I said. Tra I said Tractor Works or something. Um. But that's what I was thinking of because I played that. You know enough on uh, uh, on squad. Okay, let's focus on and, getting the other four answers. Let's work on the other four. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible. You got that. Ter one. Terrible let's game. Terrible game four. show host and and even worse professor. You would be. <laughs> you should have seen me when I did a presentation in my kids' class, mm -hmm. and the kids would ask me the same question. I'd be like, "Already answered it." Next question. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and you'd you'd answer a kid's question. His hand would go down, and immediately would come back up again. I'm like, "Motherfucker, you got another question?" <laughs> you look. I'm like, shit. Uh, but, uh, but I think we is... already dealt with that before. Let's go to you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a nightmare. Um, uh, that's not my dad. He's hiding his face. Okay, she's, so hi she's hiding her face. Okay, no, but so the, the thing about the question is confusing to me because weren't there, weren't there a bunch of fucking factories? I mean, wasn't there? Yeah, so, so, and they've, so, they've got names. You have to name them. I have to name like five fucking factories? There, there's locations. <laughs> There's locations in Stalingrad that you have and to name. A bunch of factories on the Volga River or whatever, right? Uh, right, but that's not what they were called. They didn't call them the collective of factories along the Volga River. So what's they were named something so else. What, I got the tractor factory. And I have to name yeah, You barely got that. Let's just say that was probably a very generous answer. Okay. So you want the actual you want I don't the want proper to hear name? No more you tractors. want the proper name of the yeah, factories? I don't want any more tractors. No more tractor factories. We, You've named the tractor like, there factory. Was, there, there was an arms factory, I think, and N not close enough. You got to do more than that. <laughs> I'm not going to take that, dude. I do like. There's a dentist's office. There was a pharmacy. There, there were factories. <laughs> there's a department store. There were there were bridges. <laughs> there's a fountain. <laughs> there's a fountain with girls playing it. Oh, this is so demeaning. There was a dock my out Russian, on the My Volga. Russian is terrible. So, I mean, it, you're looking for Russian names, basically. Do you no, speak uh, no, Russian? I don't, I don't speak Russian. No, Do you read no, Russian? That, that's my problem. So sim similar to you, my Russian is just as bad. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, but if you reference your Russian, there has to be some, because I would never say my Russian is terrible. That's right. Because I agree. I have, Jason, yeah. my Romanian also terrible. My Polish... <laughs> Abysmal. I speak <laughs> Chinese so bad. My Chinese is like negative three Chinese. Yeah, I am not proficient yeah. in Chinese. Yeah. For the yeah. record, I can say ni hao, that's and that's about it. And that's from a cartoon, basically. That's probably something your kids watch. <laughs> ni hao, Kai Lan. Well, no, I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't speak. I don't. I don't. I don't speak. I don't speak a word of Russia, but the reason I guess I worded it that way is because there's a relationship between languages. And so, for example, the, the Russian alphabet, the Russian alphabet oh, is Jesus related Christ. to, it's related, it's related oh, to the Greek oh, alphabet. Name four fucking Dude, locations in Stalingrad. So, so you're asking for for proper names of factories, and I can't tell you that. I know there's uh, a name of there was like a, okay. there was like a, I think there was like a, a, a an arm. There's an arms factory. There's a tractor factory. There's a chemical factory. But I can't give you right. the proper names of the factory. Okay, good. 
Okay, so, so, oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the names. All right, we'll go. This over is the good names, because okay? you know, in case someone's busting out their combat got... commander. Oh Jesus so Christ! We've got the Barricadey, Barricadey. Not sure which one. Gun factory. Okay. We've got railway station number one. We have the Mamayev Kurgan, which were the heights above the city, and we have Pavlov's house. I was. I now, was really supposed to name all that shit. But I actually would have taken a bunch of other ones because I played Valor the Guards enough. There's a lot of other ones like the Specialist House and there's, I think, the Red House and there's there's a bunch of different uh, buildings. I would have taken any of those. But oh, you're, play you're playing Stalingrad in ASL right now. Let me ask you this. So so if, if okay. you were asked that question, Cole, would you have been able to name those fact those those different um, combat areas with well, the proper names? The, well, some of them aren't in Valor of the Guards, like the Tractor Factory and Gun Factory are not in, uh, that's in uh, Red Barricades, so I would not have been able to necessarily name them, but I would have gotten Pavlov's house, and I, I would have, uh, I would have guessed the railway station, because I've fought over those. There's also the Nail Factory, the factory is a I famous said, I location. I probably could have said railway. I probably could have said railway. Uh, and and it even says there may be more than five, but these are the locations I could find. I'd leave it to you, Dave, to use your discretion if you know of more. So because I played it, I do. So I would have given you if you'd named basically if you just popped up in Valor of the Guards and read the scenarios, you could probably guess like ten or twelve of them. They're all in there. Oh, well, but the nail factory is also a very famous. Oh, well, one. Well, and the Un Univer Mag Department Store. Right. That's one that was fought over in the center of if town. I, I I haven't read Enemy at the Gates. Uh, you know, for like, I think maybe somebody needs to play a little bit more. Style I read, I read, and, and then you've, I read, you've been in better shape for this. Quiz. I read Enemy at the Gates like 30 years ago. And by the way, to Braxton with all that added animation, I mean, oh, thanks, Braxton. Yeah, actually, that was so fair. And I mean, that was a great question. He he was fair, but I gotta say, it's it was a hard fucking quiz, dude. This was a really hard quiz. That was brutal. <clears throat> that was a hard quiz, and you really needed to have a lot of like. Like it was a wide variety of over historical periods. You know, sometimes there'll be a question that's that's. I guess the bonus was in one period, but sometimes there'll be a question that's really buried in one particular period. Uh, but all of them were very spread out. So, and I just want to say thank you, Braxton. I'm so glad I don't have to make this quiz anymore. You've made me so happy. Indeed. I got one bonus. I got one bonus. You did. I think you I did. Said, what that was the final I win, score, right? Jason? Three. I I have three. Okay, three. Okay, that's good. That's that's honestly more than I would have had. I would have had one question. I I, What's that? You would have no, had uh, no, Abrams? I, I thought I got Abrams, three yeah. plus the one bonus. This is going on my transcript, man. I'm worried about this shit. Well, <laughs> he, <laughs> this you got you guessed record. Port Arthur. You got Fursalis. Uh, and I got Watling Street. Yeah, that's and right. So I, we and did I got get the four. And I got the tractor back. Oh, four. Sorry. Come on, man. Yep. Let's, let's, let's not do any more depth. The, the bonus bumps you up to four. See, the bonus is really valuable. It bumps you up to four. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I would have had one. Okay, so, so I'm going to grade a beer real quick because I'm already out of beer at this point. So I'm going to go grab a beer. And do not stop okay. recording, Paul. Don't or, touch anything. We'll just keep do you guys want to chit-chat or you guys... Can do what you want. I'm gonna. I think you know, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get go, some gonna go refreshment grab, too. Um, if you guys do want me to review a game, I'm gonna go grab it.
so I have it in front of me because I think I know one that sure. I would do if you ask me. Okay, so We're cool. We'll go in a sec. I think we're just waiting on Paul. So I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Was I too long? Was I holding you guys? Okay, so that was a very successful <laughs> quiz. Uh, good job, Paul. <laughs> I I um, hate you. So why don't you do what, Paul? I'll tell you what. What we might want to do is why don't we do a uh, Jason, I can do reviews, and then once you give us a review of the uh, Constant World Convention, and we'll see how, how long that sure. goes. And if uh, and then if you want, we could do a game after that if we've got time. So, uh, Jason, did you have a game? Do you have a game? Have, what, what have you been playing lately, Jason? Have you been playing anything? I am playing 1989 with my Caggerty still. Is that game, how long um, has that game been going on at this point? I mean... We're, we're 100 exchanges in so we chat we, we have each done 50 turns i feel like that game 50, started in 1989 it, it might have and it's gonna take longer he's without a computer and i'm traveling a lot this week so but it continues it's fun i like playing with him just so that we can talk shit um, now is that what else is that play by email or are you guys doing it like live or no it's play by email so it's every card play is a is a turn or is a a file exchange okay so it's i think we're like two and a half turns in or three turns in and um a hundred files back and forth <clears throat> and i have um the lock and load forgotten um what is it called forgotten heroes heroes of the nom oh, that's the vietnam one okay it, yeah it used to be called forgotten heroes now it's called heroes of the nom i have that on my table now um, I was playing um, Enemy Coast Ahead, the the uh, Jesus Christ, the Dambuster Raids for um, about six weeks. I was playing it. Very fun game. We'll I'll review it, review it um, either next month or the next. Or you can the month after. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's probably what there, we'll there's do. a rule for sober people. Um, you can't make fun of how the drinking people are talking. So, so when I drink, my tongue gets very thick oh, in my mouth, it. and it makes it very. <laughs> very <laughs> my my wife likes it, but but it makes it very hard for me to speak. I don't care um, about your rules. That's the caffeine talking. So, uh, so that's what you got, Enemy Coast Ahead, Jason? That's been the big one? Yeah, and it's fucking awesome. And, and I'll review it later, but it's fucking awesome. That's cool. I've been doing, uh, I've been running our, uh, still running our Stonewall Jackson's Way blind game for... Uh, yeah, I've been stalking for, that. For uh, uh, second bull run, so that's been interesting. You know, it's tough because, uh, you know, players will have stuff going on and then they they might not be available, and then you have to kind of stop a little bit because it comes down to moments uh, between maybe a general or two where it's critical that I get like an idea of what they really want to do. So there have been some halts, but uh, I'm kind of powering through and making sure that that it finishes. Um, I had a uh, famous Ken came over last Friday. Ah, uh, famous. We Ken. finished our second bull run game. Confederates were victorious, uh, and then. Uh, 
Ken just got screwed because basically uh, there was a, there was at least three or four days of rain that delayed the union. And then when we fought battles, guys who are familiar with Stonewall Jackson's way will know um, in every battle I rolled a six. So like so it's one D it's a D six versus a D six. And in every battle he would roll like a two and I'd roll a six and I'm defending. So he'd be totally screwed. So I basically, my dice, my combat dice were ridiculous the whole game. So that kind of screwed him over. So it was a gigantic Confederate victory. Um, and so I laid out some games for Ken. I said, which one do we want to do next? And Ken selected Polis for our next game. Real. And Paul, yes. is that correct pronunciation? Yes. Polis? No. Polis. I mean, it's fine. We've talked about this before. It doesn't, it doesn't, really, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. How do you In say Greek, that word? it's Polis. So, so Polis. Polis. Yeah. Polis. Like, you said Polis. Like, Polis, like, like, like P-A-U-L-I-S. Right, so when I'm asking you and I say, hey, how to pronounce Polis. it, just say Polis. You don't have to say, oh, no, that's fine. That makes it feel like you know I'm saying it wrong, but you don't want to bother. Yeah, but, but again, like, <laughs> if you're anglicizing it, you're not really saying it wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, we had, this, we had this conversation before when I was... Oh, I was, that's right. You, you, but, like, but like your name with an I-S you know, Paul, 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 you had a long conversation with Paul about... Of speaking dead languages and how to pronounce the words and whether it matters. Well, no, because right? I, you know, because I call issue. that GMT game um, Helene's Helene's, and I don't, I don't say Helenes, which would be the Greek pronunciation, because it's annoying. Hel yeah, Helene's? Yeah, I say Helene's. That's how I would because, say Because, you know, I'm English speaking American dumbfuck. Because that's correct. So, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but, you know, it's so. That is what right. my name so tag I had a, says. I had a, I want. To, is there a T-shirt? Can we do a T-shirt? Because I want that on T-shirt. Hello, my name is American, American dumb fuck. American English speaking dumb fuck. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot this is being recorded. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't my worry about that. My lectures because I never know what I'm going to say. Um, no, actually, that's it's okay. They, they, Polis. So, Polis. 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 Yeah. That's correct. Okay. I love that fucking game. I was just oh, thinking about that game together. last week. We had a good time playing it. We should play it. <clears throat> we had such a great vassal game of that. Plus, that's another the one. Dave, you kicked my ass. One you don't have to play live, really. I mean, I think that's there's there's no reaction, so I think you could definitely do that play by email. Yeah. So we should do that. That's a good AACon game. We, we yeah, play. and well, uh, Rex is bringing it. I think Rex wants to play it. He mentioned it. I'll bring mine so, too. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it's great because I think Athens is fun. Though I have not played a Sparta, so I think I'm going to make uh, Ken play Athens, and I'll play Sparta. So Sparta's fun. Yeah. Okay, so so get your island so that's on. That's the one we chose, and then uh, I played. Uh, I've been playing ASL with Pete. Uh, we had some scenario where he's the White Russians uh, attacking, and I, you know, everybody loves. White Russians. They're attacking in Warsaw against the uh, Polish Home Army, and I was the Poles, and I just completely annihilated him. He had some bridges he was trying to run across, Sweet. and we just mowed him down. And so then Pete, tri so Pete tried to advance against me, and he had a bunch of broken squads that he was trying to rally in a church in his rear. And so then I had a, a, I had a couple <laughs> units rear. that I sent up to the church. I kind of sent him around his side, and uh, they walked right into the church and basically massacred all those guys that were trying to be routed. Like, uh, they could have surrendered to me as prisoners, but I figured it was appropriate given the fact that it's 1945 or in Warsaw. The Poles are like, oh no, you can just put your hands back down because we're going to take care of business. <laughs> so they declared no quarter and massacred all the, all the Germans. So, you know, you know, David, David, Doctor, nice. um, just 
rants and oohs and ahs about Ballas. He loves that game. Uh, he has yeah. good slice and butter. Yeah, that was an interesting didn't episode. He guy, yeah, he, guy designer. He has the designer. He had the guy. Yeah, he has the designer Fran? on the latest. The latest episode, he actually talks to the designer. Is a Spanish guy. He talks to him for like an hour about the. The, the guy seemed really cool. It, wasn't that like the first game he yeah. designed? Like policy, just decided yeah, to design. Yeah, yeah I guess he Luke. only had played like uh, racing yeah. sims. That was it. Yeah, he never right. played war games or anything. But I don't. It's Paul. Is he from space? Is he from Spain or is he from San Marino? He's from Spain. He's maybe no, I'm thinking I think of a different he's from, guy. No, I, I think he's. I think he's. A, he's from. He's from. He's. He's. I think he's Spanish. I, yeah. I might be mixing up my podcast. Yeah, no, he's from Spain. But but you know, isn't isn't Paulus like basically a Euro though? It's it's a it's a war. Oh my god! Right? See, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I think that's what these, these so it's coin a euro games. with conflict. The coin games are basically wars. And don't talk shit about the coin games, Paul. I'm don't not don't you dare. Game, dude, if you want to play it, 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 then fucking it, it, play it. But but, but Paul, no, Paul, I know you, I'm just you haven't you played shit. the game, Paul. You haven't played the game. I would say play the game and then tell me if you think it is a uh, a fair recreation of the Peloponnesian War, Paul. Paul, we should play. Yeah, this I think you'd like it because I, I love it, like it, and I think oh, you would like enough. it. I mean, I just I have I have this thing, guys. Yeah, because I won't I won't play Peloponnesian War, but I I, I will play Polis yeah. with you. Or Polis, Polis, Polis. I, I, I apologize. It's the first game, and we've re we've reviewed it, but it's the first game that I felt like it really grabbed why Athens could use its navy and commercial power to beat Sparta, like why that was a thing, and it is. It is a bit of a Euro game because it's more about resource Markets management and, and economics. Yeah. Right. You know, I yeah. have this thing, man. I have to get over it. But, I know, but I Paul, have you would like it. I have to get, when I see those those It's the meeple. When I pieces. see, you don't I like see those, little those wooden, wooden tokens and I, I, I There I, are fucking boats and I the boats are badass. So the boats are technically merchants. Remember the the actual warships <laughs> are just cubes. But they're badass. But the warships are actually just cubes. Man, the, the, the warships are cubes. The warships. <laughs> wow. All right. The warships are really good. The warships are wooden cubes. You just fucking lost me. I I can't. Well then, Paul, <laughs> this is going to be an awesome game that you're never going to enjoy because you're so close-minded. Paul, you will you will right. enjoy it's, this it's, game. No, I don't think I'm even going to let Paul play my copy now. I don't think Paul deserves <laughs> to play. I don't, I'm not going to play with him. Paul, I refuse to play with Paul him. let's play. It's a, you, you will I'm like not the even going to let you guys play. If I see you guys playing the AC, kind of, I'm going to come knock the board over. <laughs> it's only two it down. players, right? I'm going to regulate. If I see you guys playing this game, it I'm going to So we can't, we can't get a gang yes. of people up on it. No, that's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. Well, Dave while we're talking about over, podcasts, over other people's games, um, you know, that's right. I'm regulated. <laughs> <laughs> Mount up. You cannot like what I do not like. No, no. My point, Paul, is that you're saying you don't like it and you've never played it, which seems surprisingly. I just would. You know what, Paul? I would say I, mean, I expect better from you. Actually, I'm just disappointed more than anything else. <laughs> Your mother and I, we've spent a lot of time, and I don't. At this point, we're at our wit's end. We don't was, know what to do. Was, with was you. that a was that a mom joke? <laughs> I've never. Did even you seen just your do mom. a mom joke? No oh, that's, that's 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 awesome. 
No, that was me being the father. Oh my that goodness. was me being the father in that scenario. Though I guess nowadays that could actually be two moms, so I'd be the other mom. But my mom's awesome. She's a great one. The other mother. The other mother. So speaking of podcasts, can we talk a little bit about the Wild Weasel podcast? Yes, okay. All right. So he recently did his top 10 or top 5 and top 6 through 10 podcast about his favorite solo games. And um, there's a theme running in our podcast about um, my hate for a certain game. Okay, I'm listening. And that game, that game ended up being the, the Wild Weasel number one solo game of like his, all time. You mean his favorite one? His favorite number one now, solo I, game. Was... I, I want to say for the record that I, I hate uh, advertising for other podcasts, but um, I'm interested. I do listen to that one occasionally. Like, what was his number one choice? So I, 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 I listen to basically all of the other board game podcasts. And and you're right, Dave. I don't want to advertise for them, but but we do talk about them. And we are and, the flagship like, board gaming podcast. So I think we can. <laughs> I guess it's just nice for us to throw some, you know, throw some right. beads off our bread crumbs. We throw some beads and, off right, of right. our Mardi Gras uh, float. So whatever, <laughs> if they want to catch beads, yeah, show right. us your we'll tips and we'll give we'll you a plug. We'll throw them some beads. <laughs> You guys, you guys have the best food but, in the green room of any of the podcasts. Yeah, keep we, eating. We Paul, do. Just keep quiet. We do. Fill, we have the hummus and the grapes. <laughs> we have some the schnozberries. Taste um, like schnozberries. Schnozberries. <laughs> Who does Wild yeah. Weasel? What's his name? It's two two Bruce, guys from Mexico. It's, no, it's Bruce from um, Three Moves Ahead. No. His name oh, is Bruce. About, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I was thinking of Wrinkled War Games. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Jesus Christ. It, you're right. You, no, it's Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, I hate I Wild yeah, Weasel. I don't like podcasts, the podcast. You know, so. it's. I know that we're doing like the mother of all podcasts in terms of length today, partly, partly because it's me, and I'm, I apologize. But the thing about that podcast, it's okay, but I don't like his philosophy of like I'm only going to talk for thirty minutes and that's fucking it. Like it just seems so brief. <laughs> Apparently, we don't we don't uh, subscribe to that. Well, I, I liked Bruce better too when he did his bits with his uh, counterpart. He had like a counterpart guy that he would always do. Like they play the games and do reviews together. Yeah, three no, but the guy had a I forget the guy's name, the John something, or he had, he had like a, a partner he'd write uh, computer war game articles with. Uh, so I like Bruce Garrick much better on Three Moves Ahead. By him. Bruce Garrick. Yeah, Bruce Garrick. Uh, by himself, don't really enjoy it. Yep. And I, I don't understand the thing where they go, so, beep, 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 Like his segue yeah. things. Beep, no, beep, I, I'm like, what I the know. fuck? Let's get, let's get but, back to... But, Dave, I know you don't like... I don't. I, I know you don't like this single-person podcast, but I but I don't mind it. I think so I might have listened to a really but, bad episode of it where they're just like, so it's just the two of us. So what are we going to... Like, it was like five minutes of them talking about how it was just them. So let's get, mm. what, what about Jason's... Or, what, what about this controversial... Tops solitaire game. Yeah, let's hear the game. I'm sorry, I'm talking over Jason. So let's hear it. So, so his he d he did a countdown, and I think ambush was like number three for him, and that's probably literally the oh, best war game ever. Fuck Paul him. Has I'm deleting. I'm deleting his, that podcast. Copy. right fucking now. That's it. <laughs> three really. 
Paul has lent me his copy of Gung Ho, which is the, the Pacific Theater version sure. of Ambush. And Ambush and is probably the best it's solitaire it's, it's battle, war game, it's battle game battle. ever. It, it's like choose, kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type scripted type World War II game. fucking it's amazing. It, it's 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 and unbelievable. Jason, I'm really liking. And, and I haven't gotten I'm really to liking your yet. alcohol uh, level right now. I think it's really good. I'm my my tongue is so <laughs> thick in my mouth right now. It's yeah, unbelievable. I know you're you're you're, ha- you're in a happy zone right now, but it's it's battle him, not gung ho. Battle him. Battle yeah, gung ho is right. ASL. Thank you, Paul, for okay. for correcting me. No, I'm not. Are battle you... him. Yes, and the expansion, Paul, which uh, is. Thank you very much, because I would have never <laughs> battled him and Leathernick. Paul has lent me, and I haven't played them yet, but but I am very look very much looking forward to them. But anyway, Bruce Garrick has listed as his number one solo wargaming experience of all time as where there is discord. Oh, I did hear that. Which is fucking bullshit because that game sucks yeah like ass. did he play it i don't know i i heard i heard that that's what i thought like did you get the designer to jerk you off while you're playing it because then it would be better and as he's coaching you through it because that game is fucking bullshit wow that's it gauntlet anyway, what was down number, on anyway. the ground what was number what was gauntlet number two? down was it like Carrier or um, Flat Top or some game like that? Or some, some air it, Well, that was somewhere on the list. I can't remember what number two was, but because I was on board. Like he put he put ambush high. And I was like, okay, that I I, I, I kind of understand. But yeah, maybe maybe Flat Top was was in there somewhere. And, and I was I was I was there with him until he said, "Whether is Discord's number one?" That, yeah, I heard. I, I remember I hearing know. that as I was listening. I'm like, "Wow, that is not because I've never played it, but I know you were like really, you did not like it at that, all." So I thought it was very. That's a naval. That's a naval game, right? Most it's Falklands. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Falkland War. Yeah, it's the British War with the Falcons, and and it's mostly naval, but it's a fucking mess, like. It's just it's the the edition I played was I think the third or fourth edition. None of the errata had been pulled into the rulebook. The rulebook was a fucking nightmare. It, the rules say basically just don't don't pay attention to this. Just just pay attention to the sequence of play. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get you through it basically. But then the sequence of play in the rulebook don't don't jive. So the rules are all over the place and the sequence of play is do this, do this, do this. And I think if the rules had followed that, it would be a lot easier to play. But as it, as it is with no errata included in the third or third or fourth edition of the rules, it's a fucking nightmare to play. Jason, I'm not getting a good feeling for where you stand on this game. I like it sounds like you're kind of on the fence whether you like it or I don't like (laughs) where there is Discord. I think it's fucking bullshit. Well, weasel, move to trash, boom, done, deleted, gone. Yeah, yeah. So 
<laughs> so yeah, I don't necessarily like his format. I think he's much better in other formats when he when he's on other shows. And I do like the format. I like that podcast, but that rating is bullshit. You know, I, I get well, that. A, I get that. A, anyway, Dave, can I go first? You, on the no, reviews? because I'm. You I'm, have just been. You are priority traffic for landing. Like, like you have been moved right up to the front. Of the, <laughs> I'm low on yeah. fuel. You're baby. low on fuel. You have <laughs> been bring moved it in. right in to priority landing. Oh, so real good. quick. Just so we did our Falling Sky Vassal game, a guild game, really good. We enjoyed it. Uh, I wanted to mention to it because uh, Steve won the game. He played the Belgay, and I felt bad because I didn't post the picture up of him winning uh, because I kind of blamed Ralph for letting did him you, win because Ralph was the did Romans. You just say, did you Belgay? Seriously? Belgay. Was is that it like, Belgay? Okay, let's. Or is let's, it Belgay? Let's, um, just, let's, let's get this I'm on kidding. paper, black and white, carved in stone. What is it? How do you what say that it? word? Belge or Belge? It's, it's well, A E is a diphthong. It sounds like I, so it would be Belgai. Belgai. All right, whatever. Belgai. All right, so, uh, all right, listen, all you fuckers Belgai. in the guild. So Belgai. basically, Ralph. I think I feel like Ralph let the Belgai win because even though the Belgai were clearly getting stronger, Ralph decided to like split his forces and come after me, the the nice Arverni, who were just hanging out, being peaceful, and. Uh, not only did he send all his legions after me, he also sent Caesar. And so once the Romans send Caesar, you're like, oh, come on. Like, clearly you're fucking with me at this point. So Ralph basically made sure that I would not win. And then Steve won. But good for Steve. It was a good win. But again, I, I critique you, Steve. Uh, Ralph for not, because it's not my job to keep the bell guy from winning. It's the Romans' listen, job to uh, keep them. My job is to keep the Dewey from winning. I listened to you guys. I listened to so. one of your sessions. I was I was just lurking, if you remember. Yeah, sorry. I mean, and, I, and I have, I have, that, that was I have to say, it's not it's not even the, the the wooden piece thing with that one. I have to say that it's a that game's intriguing for the coin games, but I really, I really, I can't get into that combat system. I don't like it. Well, and the the other problem I had was uh, at the end, mm. like the last four or five turns, I could not get a good sequence up for activations like i kept on getting like limited command or you know things where i can only do something in one province and even if i passed i would get screwed on the next card i seem to always be you know sometimes the way the cards come out you just get hosed because they're just not the right cards for you and like so if i passed then i'd be in with the romans and the dewey and the next card was a dewey and then roman and i'm like i'm gonna get screwed on that card too so uh, the card order sucked, but I had a good mid game. But um, when the Romans split, I thought Ralph should have gone after the the Bell guy and uh, let let the Adui handle me. But Ralph decided to come after me, and that was it. So the Bell guy Ralph, won. Was Ralph? That me. feels personal good, to me. But good job for Steve. I, I think it is a good win. You never want to say like somebody let somebody win, but I think Ralph could Ralph, play it differently. Ralph's so listening. Ralph, Ralph, why you gotta be so mean, man? Why you gotta be so mean? Yeah, that's right. Words. And and Steve is newer to the guild. Yeah, he's a good guy. Seemed like a nice guy. So, uh, yeah. but though I will like comment a, that generally like in the games, cool I was the only one that was drinking slash drunk. So it, there was that. That was mm. fair. And it's funny because recently I played ASL with Pete, and I was dead sober when we did this one where I killed him. Uh, so Pete came like literally. 
texts me like 20 minutes before the game. He's like, walking back from the pub right now, I'll be there in 20. I'm brewing coffee on the coffee maker. So when we hit the ASL game, Pete's about eight beers deep, and I am like <laughs> dead sober, a little bit of dip, drinking coffee, and I smoked his ass in that scenario. Like, How I like it. I think Pete was kind of like, because the next time he's like, I'm sure Dave's getting the coffee maker ready, you know, like, Pete was kind of like, it's not fair. <laughs> like, if the other guy's sober. <laughs> so, it was bad. So, we're doing a different scenario now. We're doing a scenario called, I think, The Agony of Doom, which is kind of like an overwrought title. But, uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, ominous. basically, I'm attacking with a bunch of gigantic, uh, uh, giant Soviet tanks. And he's got like a tiger and some stuff. But we'll see how that goes. So, it should be a bunch of big tanks fighting the town. And then NATO, nice. uh, Next War in Europe. I've started playing a little bit with Ralph. Old Victory Games title. Man, they could write, they wrote great games. Even NATO is like, what a, it's very yeah. easy to grasp. It's not super complicated. Like Third World War seems to me like it's got a little bit too much chrome. NATO seems very simple, easy to play, maybe 15, 20 pages of rules. So uh, it looks interesting. I didn't, I didn't even know anything about the game. So it was actually Ralph's suggestion. So, uh, that's it. We're doing that. He's already dropped a bunch of airborne guys behind me, like in Dusseldorf. I'm playing the NATO allies and uh, trying to hold them back. So That's a great game, man. It's a great game. Yeah, air is abstracted, so it's kind of air points. You have tactical and operational air points. There's no individual aircraft. Uh, units have attack, defense strengths, and then movement. It's pretty straightforward, so it seems kind of cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I, I'm glad because I'd never seen it. I had no knowledge of that game, so... So that's it. So, uh, Jason, do you want to do your review? Okay. Sure. Or that's it. You're good. You ready to go? All right, let's go. Sure. I'll try to be quick. So I'm going to talk about Struggle for the Galactic Empire. Um, this is a solitaire science fiction game from Decision Games. I have looked at games. this game so many times as a game I'm thinking about buying. And... Hmm. I'll, I'll hold off okay, on okay. judgment. <clears throat> um, so it's grand strategic, which, you know, wherever you get your your uh, mimesis from, go ahead and go ahead and snag that from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the word? Is it mimesis. 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 That's my that's my mimesis, mimesis after a couple of beers, and it's fine. That's good. Yeah. Is it okay? I get so it. Paul, Paul, my my tongue doesn't work Paul, like say it the, should. Say the word, is, Paul. Is basically Paul, say what the word. Well, just saying. to anglicize it, it's my Paul. Say the fucking word, Paul. Just say the word. My Mises. <laughs> the word of the my day Mises. is. I apologize. My Mises. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so from a high level, the components are good. Uh, it's it's a decision decision game. So so that's basically what you're getting. Um, so it's grand strategic. You're you're, you're the empire, I guess. Um, so each turn, the game will attack you or revolt against you through random events, um, and then you re re react to those events. As, as you see fit, basically. Um, the sequence of play, which is basically kind of how I 
glom on to games or how I um, identify with games is through the SOP. Uh, this OP is very well structured, um, but it's but it's rather long, basically. Uh, it's a very detailed game, and it's also very long, um, which which isn't really something I'm looking for when I'm playing a science fiction solitaire game. For me, science fiction should be short, and for me, solitaire should be short. So a long solo sci-fi game isn't isn't really a great fit. Um, for me, it has a bit of a, an identity crisis. Um, so it's struggle for the Galactic Empire, but it doesn't ever really identify who you as the player are. Um, you you're just kind of running the empire. Um, so you're not sure if, but like, if you're, you're the, the emperor the or you're the, the emperor in charge or like right if if you're the emperor there are decisions being made that you really shouldn't be making um, because you're you're kind of controlling individual military units but you're also controlling the grand economic scale so there's a bit of a disconnect there um, which which is is a little bit odd but but it's not a not a game changer necessarily, um, but but it is a disconnect. So basically, the way that the sequence of play rolls out is you you do a little bit of stuff up front, and then you you pull a bunch of um, event tokens based on where the chaos is in the galaxy. You, you resolve all of those event tokens, and then you get to react to them, basically. Um, it's, it's a game that I really wanted to connect with. It's a game that, that I feel like is a really great game, but it didn't really connect with me. Um, I, I feel like this is a game, if, if, you've, if you're a sci-fi lover, it's probably worth checking out. So I, I love science fiction games. And this is a game that has always kind of been on the horizon for me. That's, hey, this is something I need to keep an eye on, something I need hey, to check hey, out. Hey, so Jason, I finally, can I just interrupt real quick? Uh, do you have the Aliens Legendary game? Did you ever get that, the Aliens Legendary card game? No. No, I have the regular Marvel one, but not the Aliens one. Okay, that's it. Sorry, I just want—I was curious. I was—I thought that okay. would be a game you would get because I thought you're into that kind of like sci-fi aliens. It is. So I—I I play Legendary with my son, who's ten, and he's not quite to the Aliens okay. age yeah, yet. Yeah, we play Marvel, but, and that's a great game. But yeah, yeah, we, that's what we play now, and and he loves that game, and I—I—I I, I, I really enjoy it, but we're not quite. When he went, maybe four more years, I'll, I'll get the alien one and, and he'll dig it. Um, so, Struggle for the Galactic Empire is, I don't know, there's just something that's not quite right for me as a solitaire player. It's, there's just a disconnect. Um, and, and part of it is the length of time. Um, each, turn doesn't necessarily take a ton of time each turn is probably 30 minutes um but a scenario will be about 20 turns which for me with a solo 
solitaire game is is a little bit long. Um, now, is it is this and just, is this the game where you have different types of combat you can try to do? Like you can have like physical combat, or you can like psychological type combat, or yeah, there's yeah, yeah, psychic. Right, there's some kind of weird um, thing like that. So you can, yeah, and those are in the later scenarios, um, and even the the intro scenario is is probably. F- three or four hours so it's a long fucking game yeah, it's, like long it's, for a it's, game. it's crazy yeah. long yeah um but it's it's one of those things like it's it's a really great game and 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 you can tell it through the rules through through the sop and playing it it's it's one of those games it's like this is a really good game it's it's epic in scope but it just didn't connect with me, so I need something to connect so, with. So, so the, need... the the mission that you're on, you're you're kind of trying to defend your empire, or they're like different, right? And that's part of the problem is it's 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 a little anti personal where you're this grand scope, you know, epic empire, but but that's not really how I feel about this. You know, you're you're trying to you're trying to protect this epic empire from little insurgents. Oh, so it's all internal, like you have planets, and they're just coming up and. Yeah. So you have the the map. The map is actually pretty good. It's it's there's the galactic core, which is Coruscant, basically, for the this the Star Wars lovers, and then there's there's an empire, a, a galaxy around this galactic hub. And in each of the sectors of this galaxy, there's either a planet or not. And each turn, things will pop up that will either, you know, say this this sector goes rebel or nothing happens or yada yada happens in this sector. And some of it actually takes place, some of it doesn't. But so then you're kind of reacting to what the system is doing to you. But... And and it, and it works very well. The system is very smooth, and the rules are very well written. The rules handle all of all of the things that might pop up, but there's nothing that like pulls you into it. Like one of my favorite sci-fi games is Rescue from the Rescue from the Hive, which is an old uh, Ares magazine game, an old SPI game, which is it's it's cartoonish like it's it's super cheesy but it pulls you into who you are and what your mission is and the struggle for the galactic empire doesn't really do that it 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 says you know yes you're 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 protecting the the galactic empire from these rebellions and from these alien insurgencies and all of these things but but it doesn't actually connect you to those things, and that's and that's so, the so, problem with the game. The so, game how itself, does the game engine? I guess I, you might have mentioned it, but how does the engine operate? Like, do the chits flip? It's it's uh, random okay. event chits. So you have a, a a coffee cup full of event event chips, and you pull out a number based on how much chaos you have. So in the, the more galaxy. the less control you have, the more chits that are coming out. So it can exactly. kind of steamroll, yep. like yep. it's kind of like as it starts it. Right, and and. And when it gets out of hand, it gets really out of hand, and and it can. And you're trying to, to rush hand, resources to which, different areas to kind of stomp out all these problems. Right, but right, but 
but that being said, it's it's pretty easy to stomp those things out. The the greater rush is kind of behind the scenes. Like it's resources are kind of hard to manage, and 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 some of that stuff is is harder to keep an keep a handle on. But there's nothing to really staple you to what your personal mission is, and that, I think that's my biggest disconnect. Is I think it's a really great game. Like it's it's well balanced. It's well thought out. Um, just Miranda did a really great design, but it's it's very anti-personal and and as much as i'm not super into needing that personal story this has almost negative story in it to where it like almost pulls you out and disconnects you from the greater narrative of what the game's trying to say and and for me that was a disconnect and and i wouldn't have expected that because i don't expect that narr- that personal narrative in a game but this like really just just ex- extracts you from that. So it, it, what, does it feel more like the one where you're running around hitting gophers with a hammer in a hole and there's no flavor for the sci-fi? Kind, right. There's no flavor. Yeah. It's, hey, this pops up. I'm going to hey, react to this. It could just be a fire department. It, does, a fire it doesn't department matter. It's driving around putting out fires. And look, the more fires there are, the more more fires. Right. But each each pop-up has like a name to it or, you know, this is an insurgency or this is this alien race. But it doesn't actually have that flavor in the game. It's really like, like you said, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a pop-up fire. Hey, somebody has a grease fire in their kitchen. You need to go take care of it. And and yeah, this might cost you ten resource points this game or this turn, and that's going to affect the larger flavor of the game. But it doesn't really like. It doesn't really like make you like. Fuck! Like, get out of my mm-hmm. territory. You know, it doesn't have that guttural feel to it, to to where I care about. I don't care if Antilles has an insurgency in it, or it has a rebellion in it, or it has, you know, Alien X invading it. It doesn't matter for some reason in this game. It it just doesn't pull you into that. No, I, I guess that. So I'm the story, actually, there's not enough compl- story. Yeah. yeah, story. I'm completely feeling this too because I was just thinking. I looked at that game a little bit because you had mentioned it before and I don't know the game very well, but they're talking about old school sci-fi games and the best old school sci-fi games were, I think were from GDW. And the reason that the GDW games like Imperium or, you know, fifth frontier war, or dark never or whatever, the reason all those games work so well is because Frank Chadwick and the other guys at GDW were great writers. And so regardless of what, yeah, the, mecha- right. what right. the mechanics were, when you were playing, even when you were playing Imperium, which you didn't have a, tr- a lot of background in, right? I mean, GDW did Traveler too, right? So they they were writers. They had a writer, a role-playing character. But there was a background there. There was like like Terrans versus the Imperials. You felt like the two um, conflicting uh, uh, states, you know, had like, char- they had yeah. like, like, like a up, character. Up, up-and-comers versus a decadent the, ancient empire. But the, yeah, but know. the forces and had, had personality, you know, there was like, there was almost like a, like a cultural dimension, even in just what is ba- was basically a war game, like Imperium or Dark Nebula, you know. So, I, I think some of the problem too is in some of these rule books back in the day, while well, the games weren't always clean, the writing was better. Like there was good writing. Like I, I like even like the old Dungeon right. Master's Guide, or like if I get a Berg game, I enjoy reading Berg's rules. While I don't always like the way the games play. I like the writing style. I like the little stuff they put in there. 
um, I, I just think maybe they were better writers. <laughs> but the right, the, and you know, yeah. and that the quality of that writing, and, you know, that draws you in, that you can empathize. You know, make, it makes the representation, you know, more believable. You know, what we call that my thesis. My thesis <laughs> is it called my, thesis? my penis? Did I say my that penis? right? Did I say that right? My thesis. My, so, so Paul, we've we've talked about this, right? Like Love Time Tripper game. from SPI is is kind of a shitty game. Like it's it's kind of cheesy, but it's a great fucking game because it pulls you in. You're invested in these like maybe hallucinating Vietnam combat troops who are now all of a sudden fighting dinosaurs. Like that's a fucking tripped out bizarre framework but but you connect to these guys going through these weird things dude but dude. It, but you connect to it dude and, and it's struggle 3 a.m on a jungle trail in south vietnam a few meters of trail sits a lone american soldier <laughs> he's specialist timmy zipteski timmy the zap Timmy the Zap, are you fucking kidding me? That's the best. That's great. Exactly. That's, that's, Timmy that's the how you zap. get into it. Exactly. And that's what Struggle for the Galactic Empire is missing, is that personal story. pull right. you into this Struggle narrative story is missing Timmy piece. The zap. I gotta say, even like now... <laughs> Every game you know, is I'm doing Timmy these uh, Dungeons and Dragons games with my kids, and the one thing I noticed from the... The, the game's great. They've done a really good job. The writing, though, in the books is dry. Like all the fun stuff that you could read. I used to enjoy reading these books when I was a kid, in, like the mm -hmm. first and second editions. Now it's like it's it's kind of a drag going through. Like you're, I'm only really looking for sections that I can find. The writing has really been writing has gone hell really bad. Really bad. You know writing. And that's kind of how I feel about this. It's it's. it's I, I swear it's a really great game, but it's buried between, but beneath a doldrum of rules. Like, give me a narrative to connect, especially with, in a solo and, game, and right? I will because it's just it. you versus the story. You know, I mean, that's it. You know right. who you know who we're killing yep. right now with the with the time tripper references uh, is Pete. Pete, because I, I I actually I have fucking Pete's. It, that's terrible. I have Pete, our beloved guildy pete i have his 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 time tripper i meant to add uh -huh. a fucking to the time tripper i have his fucking time tripper because he he dumped it he dumped it at games on and and he, immediately he was like wait a minute you're telling me this is a good game oh he was going to get rid of it oh no, it's he, a he's great game, but i have it i took his car it, it was a beautiful un you know what un, you do this, this is what i do with kyle cost? this is what you do if some guy sells you a game because and then immediately you need to start posting about how awesome it is <laughs> and how much you love it. Mm -hmm. I did that with Eurofront, like with Kyle. Somebody is Euro, or, or, or no, it was uh, Gersh. I think Gersh sold me his Eurofront, and immediately oh, yeah. start yep. talking about how awesome it is. Because then I'm thinking maybe I can get Gersh to buy this game again. Like, yeah, I don't want to stretch out the Time Tripper tangent too much, but you know what else is great about Time Tripper, other than Timmy the Zap being the best, is that it's solitaire. It's solitaire, but you know what else is Everything. about that game? The best times I had with that game was not solitaire. It was it was playing it cooperatively. That's it's a it's a co op game. You can play with yeah. you know, with a couple of buddies, and you're all on the same side. You're killing aliens. You're killing you're killing dinosaurs. Whatever is going on. Yeah, Romans, Romans, dinosaurs. Yeah, but you can Romans do it co op, or... and it's so rare that you can play one of these games cooperatively. 
before we say that, Time Trigger sucks. If you, if you have a copy... That's right. It's a horrible <laughs> game. It's not worth five. It's worth five. It's a horrible game. Tops. It does. Five dollars. Look like shit. DM me. It is a shitty looking game. We'll work it's something got out. That, you know that old school. Yeah. But it's fucking brilliant. Like that's that's what I want. I want something to connect with, especially in these like whacked out, bizarre sci-fi games. And struggle just doesn't. Oh shit, have Jason! That how much is struggle? If someone wants to buy struggle, how much is it going to be? I think it's like Whoa. fifty or sixty dollars. I mean, it's not. It's a, it's a typical decision game, so it's it's not terribly expensive. Like I've noticed, at Compass Games, their their latest output is like ninety dollars, which to me is like, go fuck. Yeah, yourself. I've already like, ranted I'm not on paying this whole topic. That's that's so many bottles. Yeah, with ninety dollar game is ridiculous. Like you can go fuck yourself. It's ridiculous. Like I need a sixty dollar game, a fifty dollar game. That's it. So it's 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 in that fifty sixty range, um, and if you're if you're how did how did we reference it earlier? If if you're uh, if you're on the spectrum, and you don't care about that personal relationship with the game you're you're playing. Mechanically speaking, this is a very good game. But if you're looking for that connection to the narrative being told, it's not great for that. So overall, I'll give it a 7 because it does have that that narrative – or not, not narrative, but it has that mechanical greatness to it, but it has that narrative disconnect. Beers, out of whatever our scale is, I'll give it 6 beers because if you skip a skip, skip a step in the sequence of play, it's going to fuck you up. Like it's, it's just going to be right. off. So, and like, what are these, like you're um, adjusting either things. Have Do you have to constantly years. count up a bunch of stuff and adjust something? Yeah. It's a lot of that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. As, as you get to a step, it's, you know, pay this amount of resources based on how many, uh, world ships or colonies you have. So if you're too drunk, you'll skip that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I have a hundred resource points is, resource points to spend on and then and then you just send us a, a you know a, a division of psychic warriors out to go fuck shit up and and you shouldn't have that um i, <clears throat> I should stop with the rum in, in the middle of my review so that at this point of my review i could be cogent um because I, i'm noticing that um Lo- loving you buddy but loving you Loving you, buddy. But I'll give it a six on beers. How about that? Seven on fun, six on Got beers. It. Good. Jason Young. Jason, okay, yeah. so I think Jason's going to chill for my review to some extent. Jason, feel free to, to interrupt if you need it. Holy so, shit. Uh, but, but feel free to Please. relax and just sit back and enjoy. Uh, Thank you. So, Paul, if you want to comment on my review, uh, feel free to yeah. chip in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna heck so, with you, bro. Uh, just, just because I don't want you to feel like you have to sit back, but I think Jason is gonna just relax, enjoy the the nice break that he's earned with his drinking and all that he does for the podcast. So now Jason gets to just oh, relax. Actually, that was, and that was enjoy actually the show. a good review. Man. You brought up a lot of really great. Points. He did a good review. You know how hard it is to be that drunk and still do a game review because. I've done it, and it's very difficult because <laughs> you've got so many things that you want to say and you thought you wanted to say, and now you're like, brain is not connecting to mouth properly. So <laughs> it makes it difficult. No, but yeah. So the product that 
the product that I'm going to review is it's very controversial. This is this is a World War II game. It's called Heroes of Normandy. And I've uh, reviewed the main game before, but now I'm going to review a uh, supplement for it called, and Jesus, come on, give me a break on the name because I know I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, but it's Saint Mare Eglise. Paul, is that correct? You don't know? Is that not going to be? I, I think, I think okay. that's good. So basically, this is a game. It's an expansion of of. Uh, they came out with a D-Day expansion. Then they have a a, a Carenton, uh expansion. So I got the Saint Marigliese one because I thought it looked cool. So so basically, when you get the game, the first thing you notice is it comes with this book, like a campaign book, and uh, the view of the book is that classic, the longest day picture where the guy's hanging from the clock tower. And he's looking down onto the town like you're, it's as if your parachute has been like hooked onto the steeple of a, of a town. And there's a firefight going on between uh, paratroopers and Germans. And you've got a, a Colt 45 in one hand. Like you're basically looking down from your, you can see your feet and the battle under you. You've got a Colt 45 in your right hand. And I think you've got a cricket clicker, that clicker thing in your left hand. So that kind of gives you a flavor for how this is going to be as far as a uh, system or a game. So Heroes of Normandy is kind of a, a like a, uh, a war movie type World War II simulation. So it's about having fun and uh, it's not about like trying to be super realistic about combat, but yet they try to give you a, a good feel for um, how maybe some of these World War II movies depicted World War II combat. So there's a bunch of heroes and Paul, have you seen these? Have you seen Heroes? Yeah, Heroes of Normandy is a blast. It's uh, it's okay. Yeah. So, and I talked about it with our last Constant World uh, visit, which which was uh, when we went down there, and Rick Galley, who is generally a pretty hardcore war gamer, was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I want to play that game." And I thought he was actually being sarcastic, and making fun of me because I didn't think he'd want to play it. But as we played it, he like really got into it and really enjoyed it. So Saint Maria Gleese is basically they're 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 introducing the airborne troops into the game and it's got a bunch of uh, 82nd and 101st airborne units. So I think it's got maybe like three or four platoons of uh, really nice thick cut uh, airborne units that you can use. They've got rules for uh, how to do paradrops where you can uh, have your paratroopers land and what the effects of landing are and how long it's going to take them to recover. They've got specialized units. Uh, they add signalers sharpshooters and pathfinders to the game uh the other cool thing is it's kind of a battle over the town of saint mariglis got a bunch of really cool buildings uh that they they bring in and and guys who aren't familiar with these uh, games is generally you get a box and they'll be like maybe like five or six like a foot and a half by a foot and a half square map boards that are really thick cardstock and then all the units and all the buildings are also punch out. They, they fall right out of it. But the buildings then you place on the map. And so they've got all these uh, uh, like town buildings for St. Maria, St. Mariglis. And uh, so you can put all those buildings. There's churches. There's a library. There's a school. There's like a, a doctor's office. There's all sorts of buildings. Um, the church even has a steeple. That's a, like a steeple part you can put to the side. So you can have like a sniper up in the steeple or whatever you want to do. So there's a bunch of special rules that come with the game. And they give you a lot of attachments that, that you can use. Uh, 
one of the, the I'm, I'm going to run through some of them just to kind of talk about these special abilities. Because in the game, basically, you can spend points to give uh, special attributes to your troops. So they, you'll have a long rectangle with spaces in it. And into the spaces, you can drop pieces that then allow you to add attachments to your combat units. So um, some of the cool units, they actually have crickets. It's called cricket lore, which is, if you saw in Longest Day, they had that like click, 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 click thing they could do. And uh, that allows you to add shooting from another unit within three hexes onto your target. So it's kind of like by doing the cricket click, you're tipping off your friendlies to where you are and where the enemy is. So uh, you've got like three crickets you can use. And as you use crickets, you can increase your firepower against your opponent. Uh, what else they have? They have sprinter. You can give a unit the ability of sprinter, which makes it move faster. Uh, camo, which increases its defense. Walking fire. Walking fire allows a unit to move and shoot. So knife, you give them. So some of those just sound like yeah. they're not necessarily specific to to Centimer or whatever. They're just like like sprint. Oh right, like the, but they're basically introducing this rule. But the, but the way the game works is, it, uh, you have you, like if you have like an airborne platoon. You have a rectangle, rectangular piece of cardboard that has spaces in it. The spaces have colors on either side. So as long as the attachment you put in matches one of those two colors, it can have that attachment. So depending on what color Sprinter has on the side of it, that's what decides where that can go. Do you know what I mean? So you, you can't attach like an engineering piece of equipment to a an infantry unit. Yeah, that because the colors. That's something don't match. that that system loves. It loves the the um the using the components to enhance the gameplay with the with the maxing with the matching oh, yeah. and with the the design of the cardboard. And, and and the other interesting thing about the airborne units is airborne units actually move faster than regular U.S. infantry. Airborne units I think move four. I think normal U.S. infantry move three. So the airborne infantry are actually faster, maybe because they have less equipment to worry about, or maybe better shape, or who knows. So you you think that uh, is this yeah. is this you think this is giving you more than like because like Caratan was just like more of the same shit, but this is like actually like pump, yeah, this is I, pumping I didn't up, buy Karen. This is pumping up the rules. I didn't buy Carantan because because I didn't think it was going to give me more than what I, yeah. like I basically I think Carantan the advantage is it gives you Germans. Like I think you get Fallschirmjägers with Carantan, right? And uh, this is only U.S. troops. But for the this most is also part. it gives you all the. I'm sorry, this is like really pumping up the rules, though. Like giving you like a lot of it is a, a little lot bit, of chrome. but I mean a lot, a lot of but, chrome. Chrome, but these are things you're paying you for. Uh, a lot of chrome. Yeah, I get you. They're they're but, expensive. But, but these are things you pay for, so you either get it or you don't get it, or you can buy something else. I mean, it's all point based. So if you don't want to have sprinters, you don't have to have sprinters. Right. You know, you're paying extra points to make a certain company have the and basically when you buy sprinters it gives you three sprinter tokens so you can spend them on that platoon's units but once those three are gone you don't get sprinters anymore. well that, that's another so, staple of that system too right is it like you've got these cart these cutouts where you just right, you, you can mix and match according to what fits you can but you can't use uh Technically, you can't, if it's on a platoon uh, rectangle, you cannot use it on other platoons. Only the platoon that it's on can use those skills. Yeah, and the color, but the color, the colors so. and the shapes, like, of the inserts, like, take you through all that. 
Yeah, depending on what. No, it's really it's really interesting. I've played it a couple times, but not as often as you have. I mean, I just got a taste of it, but I thought it was. I thought I think the system's fun. And they and they've got rule for gliders coming in, hawking mines. Uh, the 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 one really cool thing I thought that they brought into the game was uh, they have night rules because the idea is that they're taking the town at night. And there's a whole story. There's kind of like a, a, a sequence campaign. There's there's six scenarios, but you can actually play the scenarios in a campaign. And uh, the night rules are interesting because basically some buildings and scenarios are on fire, which means you can be seen if you're near them. Uh, some buildings are, have light sources, but the cool thing is they put in light poles in the game that are actually three-dimensional light poles. So there's a base, and then the light pole sticks in and is actually sticking up off the board, and it and it gives line of sight within three hexes. But the, the other cool thing is, and these guys are like, I don't know how they think of this stuff. You can shoot out the light. Like if you want to shoot the light, you can actually shoot at the light and eliminate it. So then there's no light on that corner. So I thought that was cool. So do you you like do you like the um like the like the, like the, like the, the basic like chip pull system in the game where you know you're 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 putting the the numbers down putting a dummy down and then that's kind of like the you mean the blocks the block, like the yeah, order blocks system for for like for for activation I thought that was kind of an interesting I part. think I think I like it I think. I think there's some cleverness to deciding when your guys are going to go and when they aren't. So, and so for guys who haven't played the game, basically the idea is you have a certain number of blocks. You, you have leaders on the board. They give you orders. So each order gives you a block, uh, which is numbered one up to nine or whatever. And uh, so if you have two orders, you're going to have an order one and an order two, and then you have always get a bluff. So on your units, you'll put these down, the one, the two, and the bluff, and then the first turn, whoever is initiative, they have their one guy, he goes first. Then your opponent's one guy. Then it's your, your two guy, and then your opponent's two guy. So you don't know who's going to be able to go based on the blocks. But you also have cards. Each guy gets four cards that you can play. Sometimes they can change the way the sequence works. But so there's always some kind of doubt. Like you see blocks on your opponent's units, but you don't know which ones are going to be activated. And you don't know what cards they have in their hands. So there is a lot of doubt about what your opponent's going to be able to do. I think it's pretty. I think, I think so, it's pretty. It's play. It makes it really playable. And it's funny because I hadn't played it, but when uh, Famous Ken came over and we finished up our bull run scenario early, uh, like, well, fuck, let's just play Heroes of Normandy. So we played a quick one, and then Ken's like, I, I actually felt like the wife was ready for us to be done. But Ken's like, hey, let's play it again. I'm like, uh, I gotta go, dude. So, but I figured next time we'll we'll set it up, you know. So. So yeah, I think the light poles are kind of cool the way they do it. It's kind of neat that they have like a three-dimensional aspect now to the map where they, things are sticking up. So uh, they have rules for uh, French tanks. They have the R35 German tanks, like the old French tanks the Germans are using for security. Uh, John Wayne makes an appearance in the game. He actually has a character in the game. There is a blown bridge piece. So you can literally on the map, there's a bridge. And when you blow the bridge, you can put this piece on and flip it over and shows a completely blown bridge. There's uh, sleep markers that say zzz, a bunch of Z's on them. So uh, when they do, the, when the paratroopers initially come into town, they can uh, try to sneak up on sleeping Germans. If Germans are outside sleeping and there's a gunshot anywhere on the map, they wake up. But if they're in a building, it actually has to be within some range of them. So I thought the sleep markers were kind of cool because on the, there's a Z side. And when you flip it, it kind of tells you what all the problems are with being sleeping. Uh, new rules for the game. They have uh, large buildings, like I think the church. 
Certain buildings cannot be destroyed like they could in the previous versions. Instead, by shooting and doing damage, you actually punch holes into the walls of the buildings, and then you put a marker down, and that means your troops can like climb through into the, that wall of the building, and or people can go up and try to shoot through the building. So, so like, things? did they advertise on that on that expansion cover like uh, this expansion light poles in John Wayne? You know, I don't know if they even. Uh, advertise enough because they produce so much shit for this game like they have like civilians they have cows like they have livestock that will get involved and get like they'd be like <laughs> block your line of fire i think um, i think there's a cow in the base game dude. they they don't uh do i i honestly think they don't do as great a job of selling the game as they should because this all this stuff i got was probably four map boards probably 10 buildings, three platoons, rules, all these markers, 36 bucks from cool stuff. I mean, it's like so much awesome. great shit to play with. You know, there's a, it's not that expensive. There's a digital version on Steam of the game. Yeah, but for me, the kind of the fun part is the, and, and famous Ken even remarked on me, he's playing, when we're looking down, you get, you get kind of an overhead view of the troops. The art is amazing. I mean, the art is great. Oh. The way they draw it, the way the figures look, yeah, it's so, so fun. So yeah. of course, after buying this and so. playing it with Ken, then I went out and ordered like hundred and fifty dollars worth of more uh, Heroes of Normandy. Yeah, shit. they have they have like <laughs> army boxes. And that sounds about right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy. I don't know if I bought the. But I bought Carantan. I bought Pegasus Bridge because the fucking Pegasus Bridge. Who doesn't want to fucking fight over that shit? <laughs> and uh, I or I might have ordered U.S. Army Rangers. I don't know. I ordered like a shitload of sets for it. So, but it's great that for like thirty-five bucks you get all this stuff, and it's. Uh, I I think the night rules are very cool. I like the sleeping and they it, talk about teaching people history. I mean, it says basically in the front it says "War for Dummies." Hey, Grandpa, who is Saint Mary Gleese? Haven't they taught yeah. you anything at school? Well, go fetch my pipe and sit right here on my lap. Grandpa is going to tell you the story of the nice paratroopers who fell from the sky into a fine, bloody mess. And then they just run through all these stories about the characters that they introduce into the game. Like, like basically, St. Mary Gleese, the idea is this one Falsham Jaeger, who's like a famous Falsham Jaeger, is winning a, another uh, mark on his... Uh, on whatever is fucking iron cross so he goes into town with his buddies to celebrate and then he ends up being there when they drop you know so they got a whole front page that has just a bunch of history about what happened and uh then a bunch of great scenarios in there and then at the end it's like they have a nice map that shows you like and the, like they have comics like cartoons about the characters it's just they do a great job it is like definitely the 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 fun tactical world war ii game yeah, right you know the, but it feels like yeah more so than the academy games version like the here's over is just fun like it it's it's a serious game like in in the fact that you, you can play it competitively and 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 what's there works and it's balanced but it's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, when, when, when um, you look at the cover, I think, I think the that's cover, a really and you good see system. what you're seeing, it's like right out of the longest day. Like you're the right. guy. You're hanging from the yeah, steeple. Exactly. You've got your 45 out, and you're watching them fight over the terrain. I mean, it's just like right away. You're like, what the? 
You know, it's just yeah, I mean, totally if you, fine. If you, great. if you grew up watching, you know, all those great war movies, Kelly's Heroes and and The Longest Day, and you know, if you if that's how you know you were sort of if that was like how you were introduced to like World War Two. I mean, the game is just totally tapping into that. And they, do, they do a great job. But, but actually, you know, I would say that, uh, and it, this game goes way for the narrative side, right? It's, th- exactly. This game goes all the way over to the narrative yeah, side. Yeah, it's kind of what but, we've been talking about on podcasts. And this really, this it, really hits a, that nerve. It's a, but it's a war game. I mean, like, you have choices. Like, do I want to suppress with my uh, BAR team? Or do I want to try to go for the kill? You know, like, you're constantly having to make choices based on the abilities of units, you know, so... No, it's got, it's not, it's got unit... Dif- if you go got, in and you're thinking, like, you have to use tactics, you know, it's, yeah. it's real. No, so. and it's got, it's got unit variation. It's got a lot of chrome. The tanks are all different. And actually, one of the things I love about it is it's like, you know, a Tiger tank and a Sherman tank have certain characteristics... But oddball Sherman tank has positive waves. Yeah, but oddball, yeah, oddball, you know, Sherman tank, you know, has has some special abilities because you know it's oddball, right. and so there's like there's a little bit of that, there's a little bit of that RPG flavor, you know, that they're throwing oh, yeah, into absolutely. it. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's great. So I think it's a great game. I recommend it. So hopefully one of these days, I'm actually getting ready. I might actually buy into the Cthulhu side of it. Because I'm thinking that'll maybe get my daughter a little more interested in it. So we'll see how that goes. They've got Shadows over Normandy, which in, introduces a bunch of Cthulhu armies, including Jason for you, like an aliens type, uh, like aliens type army that attacks in the U.S. Yeah. So mm. we'll see. See what happens. So that's it. So that's uh, awesome. yeah, I'm a big fan. I think for the value, it's incredible. So for 36 bucks, everything you're getting with it, really good stuff. Tons of pieces. Uh, uh, if you like this kind of game, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's hard to rate it really because I would say like it's it's a really good deal. So if you're into Heroes of Normandy, it's something you're definitely going to buy. Um, as far as beer, Jesus, like could you drink a case of beer and play this game? Maybe like I'm not sure like how many beers oh, would be beer the limit. Rating. Yeah, it's got to be a twelve beers, probably twelves. So, uh, yeah. and I'm talking like maybe. Five Maximus. Who knows? You might start playing it poorly, poorly after a lot of beers, but you're probably that's pretty good. That's right. I mean, you roll one die basically. You roll a die and add the numbers. That's it. You have cards in your hand. So, uh, hey, Paul, why don't you give us a uh, a recap of uh, Concept World? Sure. Uh, Does this count as my review? Am I off the hook? We'll see. Oh, what's going on with Mumble? Oh, oh okay. I just, I just heard like. No, you're good. I heard boy, you're boy, good. and blue in and out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just actually like put a huge, uh, post. Well, huge for me about it. So I don't want. Yeah, I don't. That, I don't want to like that post sort of, is awesome. Um, you know, be too sort of repetitive, redundant whatever but yeah i mean um like console world uh this this year's console world i mean it was console world um but there are some differences from con to con um there are differences in in emphases there are differences in like the monster games that you see and there are differences in in the open gaming i will say that this convention um just you know as a really general overview on the on the participants it was big there was a lot of people i know the last time you guys were there it was pretty crowded 
it was it was it was crowded but there was more room i think in the main lot in the in the monster area because i think there were even more people open gaming and um also one of the things i noticed is that there there and this has been a trend that's been going on there's there were way more kids so there was a lot of uh you know and i don't know if if it's if you know if it's just the families of of the of the grognards or if it's um you know like kind of the open gaming uh side of the con is attracting more uh more people to bring their kids and play but so that it's you know the, there were there was there were there were some monster games as usual uh the usual kind of world war ii um a little bit of napoleonic's usual kind of suspects i mean um uh that was going on the monster gaming but there was a there were there was a lot of open gaming a lot more kids and there was also a lot of like um not necessarily war games like there were fantasy games like there were a lot of people playing um Battlestar Galactica there were a lot of people playing um I think I guess the a really great game now uh oh yeah Uh-oh. a really great what is it Battlestar Galactica that's the first sign of problems. is it is it yeah well you know what's really popular this that's time okay. was okay. was the Serenity game which I guess is is a, is supposedly a really good game and and there's actually a mm. there for the first time, um, I actually saw a Serenity Games out in the Munster area. Like there were large groups that were actually taking up some of the tables in the larger area. And the Serenity Ser- is this? Are we talking during daytime or in the evening? <laughs> um, yeah, during daytime and in the evening. Um, I think no kidding. Yeah, I wow. Think the, I think a lot of the Munster area cleared out a little bit earlier. Um, but another thing, and I, you know, you had mentioned the the Stonewall double blind thing that you're doing, right? Right, which and I was just wondering because one one of the things that was most noticeable in this con is that there was a huge setup for a double blind for the uh, I guess I think it's Aaron Armor, which is like a West old West End game. But there was a big group playing Aaron Armor, and they set up like these booths, and they were refer- so they could you know so everybody would was 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 really double blind oh like to hide it like yeah no so they, it was like basically looked like it looked like um like a like a half a dozen voting booths like oh so <laughs> yeah no, so all <laughs> i don't the, know if i would go so that it was, far it was it was, it was it was a serious game it was refereed it was closed but it was double blind and it's interesting because you're you're doing this double blind thing, and i'm i was just wondering is that like is that like one of the new hotnesses? Is that like a new trend? Is this double blind thing going to start coming? Well, no, that's been a but double blind has been around for years. Guys have been trying oh, I know to run it. I guess maybe it's just easier. Oh, I know it's been around for years, but I'm just wondering if that's kind of like like going to become a new, you know, like a new trend. Anyway, um, that was kind of noticeable because you know, I'd never seen guys go to all that trouble, and they did a pretty good job just taping up some cardboard and stuff and making it making it look pretty pretty sturdy. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was the usual deal, but you know, as I, as I wrote in my post, um, I was pinned down with a monster game, uh, for like three days that, that ended up. Okay. So what, what monster game did you play? I played about? a game called Epic of the Peloponnesian War. And you did not enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there, there is a lot of potential in the game and I probably, you know, uh, could have stuck with it a little bit longer than my opponent. Who's a great guy named Nathan Kilgore, um, who's the designer of Iron Tide uh, and also of uh, of a Salerno game uh, from MMP that we also played. That's okay. a that's a that's a great right. game. So basically, it's like it's like those those Bilkowski, you know, operational games like 
um, you know, like uh, uh, like the Gadarian type games, and and so those those those. But, but at some point, you you guys bailed on your your original. Right, game. that's what we and kind we ended of. up playing Salerno, um, which ended up being great. We we did like a three man Salerno game, which took us a couple days. I mean, it's actually um, because. You know, we had to we had to learn the game, and then and then it's you know it's not a it's not a, a I don't know if it's a monster, but it's close. I mean, it's a it's a large it has a it has a low counter mix, but it's a it's a fairly long game. So um so that that was great. Uh, but yeah, I think of the Peloponnesian War. Uh, I mean, I'm, I I should probably do like more of a proper review because I have this thing because you guys it's funny you guys are going to get me to play Paulus, um, which you know I really should because I do like to try to explore. Um, uh, a lot of these ancient Sims and the Peloponnesian War is one of those games where I still haven't found a better version of that game than what Mark Herman did, you know, um, years ago, uh, which I think was a Victory Games game, the Peloponnesian War that he did. Um, oh, is that the one where you have to switch yeah, sides? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has that. Where one side starts winning, then you have to switch to the other but there side. But there are rules in there where you can actually just play a two player and not do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that game is still. I mentioned it just because I, I had the game, so I remember I've actually played it where you have to, once you get to a certain victory amount, then you switch over to the other side. If you side. play it solitaire, yeah. It's a really interesting solitaire system. Right. And it's, you know, but you, it, I, I, was, I always wanted to, I never had a chance, I always wanted to play that game two-player because I'm wondering, you know, if it would be if it would be a better game two-player. But I think that game's pretty solid as far as, you know, again, telling the story of the Peloponnesian War. I think Herman knew what he was doing. But I, I kind of, and, you know, and then there, there's the... Um, you know the the block game, um, Hellenes or Hellenes uh, from GMT, which is a pretty solid game, but it's it's still got that I don't know that abstract block game kind of feel um, to it. Um, I, so, so so Paul, did you win any prizes? Did you win any I did prizes not, at the, the first uh, convention? time? I think in five years, because I think this is my fifth con. I didn't attend the uh, I didn't attend the greet. That was I was I didn't attend the greeting event. So. Um, uh, I, I I don't know if I would have found out about it or not, but no, I didn't get any prizes. I also missed out on the fucking um, GMT, you know, counter tray giveaway, which is usually the highlight. The highlight oh, right, because you can't get enough stuff. of those counter trays. But yeah, Epic of Peloponnesia had a lot what, of, had a lot of problems. I did that. Um, I played Salerno. What about the uh, flea market? Did you buy anything on the flea market? I did not buy anything on the flea market. Um, because I thought um, there was just all garbage on the flea market. Um, I did buy a copy of Iron Tide from Nathan, however, which I guess, so I guess technically, I guess that it was on the flea market, but I just bought it from him um, because he had it for $10 and I wanted the game. Uh, so that, and so that was, which was a great deal. Um, but yeah, I just. And, and so how many, I'm sorry, maybe you mentioned, but how many days did you I was there? How many I was days there, were you there the, for? The whole con. So. You know, it was it was Saturday to Saturday, so it was long, man. That's the other thing too. That's the other thing. It's it was, you know, I think it's too long now. You know, I think they've tried to add days because guys have had such a good time and they've always wanted to add days. But now it's starting earlier and kind of and kind of ending, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the same time. So it's you know ends up just adding a couple days. You could tell by like by like Thursday even. You know, guys were just fucking done. They were fried. You know, from from. I mean, you know, it's like. Yeah, I never understood why he kept pushing the days, the start date, further and further back. It's like yeah, it's, it's awesome. But when you're just trying to mainline, 
you know, wargaming as much as you love it. Um, I think that, um, I, I think it just kind of wears you out, even if, even if you are having a good time. So I think that there was a lot of fatigue at the end of the con this year that I sensed. Again, in the main Munster area, I mean, the open gaming was going pretty strong. I mean, did, did you feel like there was enough space for open gaming, or was it tight? It was a little tight for open gaming, which I think is why it kind of spilled into the main ballroom a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's why I wasn't interested in going back anymore, because I'm not really interested in committing to like a four, four or five-day monster game, and I really enjoyed the open gaming more, and I just feel like he doesn't give enough room for that. So. Oh, but it's, it's never a situation that we're... If you want to do open gaming, you can't find a place because there's a lot of room there. And there's also like, you know, there's also all the overfill rooms. So I don't think it'll ever be a problem. I mean, he may redine the layout a little bit. But, but I mean, you know, there were a lot of uh, monster games like, you know, the, the weekend it started. It just seemed like a lot of the monster games came down a little bit earlier. I mean, I know that I was part of that problem, too, because we kind of I left mine set up. Um, I wasn't taking up that much table space with my monster, but you know, we just, you know, it was one of those things. I mean, I, I talk a little bit about it on, on, uh, on, um, in our guild area, but on my post, but it was just, I, I felt like my, my monster partner, like I felt like I was kind of dragging him through it and I didn't, you know, I mean, fuck, it's a hundred bucks. It's, you know, you're, you're all the money you spend on your hotel, you know, don't, 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 right. don't, don't right. come here and be miserable. Like have fun, you know, let's have fun. You know? So, so Paul, are you coming to Advanced After Combat Convention? Yeah, I'd like to, man. I don't, I don't know though. I mean, I, you know, I have to see, you know, what's going on around that day. We have approved, we've approved the samples of our challenge coins. So our challenge coins are going to be sent off to nice. the printers. They'll be waiting well, there for for attendees. Do we get to do like in person wargaming quizzes? Because like I would probably come for that. Oh yeah, I think I'm we should do Braxton. that. Shit. He's just gonna randomly go around and no, let's do people. that. Let's do I'm that shit come live. Out. Let's do it live, man. Let's have it. Let's, oh let's mic yeah, it up. we can record. We can record at the let's convention. Mic it up. Yeah, that'd be yeah, awesome. That'd be production. brutal. But but I mean, it's, the, but that would be the I, best. I mean, I would say like that would be my dream come true to go to the convention and be able to podcast at the convention. <laughs> I would love that but, so much. Just you to kind no of to, to try to quickly try to round things out. Um, I, I did a monster. I did another fairly sizable game with Salerno. But um, what little precious time I had at the back end of the con for open gaming, you know, I was able to play um, uh, Down in Flames, the card game, which is a game. If you had had me review a game, I probably would have reviewed you that because I had actually um, gotten into the Down in Flames, the the GMT game. I had actually gotten into that a little bit uh, before the con started. And as I, I mentioned in my post, if if Nathan hadn't signed up for Epic of the Peloponnesian War at the last minute, because it looked like I my monster wasn't going to go, but he jumped in at the last minute. If he hadn't done that, I, I bet I would have been really consumed by the down in flames tournament because I really had much fun with it. And I didn't realize, you know, how good the GMT version of that system is. And, you know, their GMT is finally um, re-releasing, you know, their version of, of the down in flame system with wild blue yonder, which will give you all the European stuff. And, you know, I, People, and it's a card game, but it, it actually has a lot of chrome. You feel like you're dogfighting with it, um, but it's also a great game, you know, on the on the for the for the high, for the high beer rating because you know it's very social, man. You know, it's you know you're uh, whether you're doing bomber escort missions or dogfighting or whatever. I mean, you can do more complicated things. You know, when you when you get 
you get, you know, four, six guys, eight guys, you know, playing, uh, you know, flying uh, formations with wingmen and stuff like that. It's just, it's a blast, you know. And uh, Mike Lamb, the guy who runs the tournament at Console World, is that guy's just an MVP every year because that dude literally keeps guys flying um, their Down in Flames games like from the beginning of the con to the end. And actually, I was playing Down in Flames with with uh, with the stragglers that were left, you know, to close out the con. You know, I was there the the last night when when the ballroom was still open, and it was it was really so, Paul. But you, but you're local, right? So with a caveat that that you can just go to the convention, but, you don't. But have that's to the only thing about Mike and the Down and Flames guys. Why I give the, I really have to give them kudos because he's from California, so he he literally stays that long right. just to you know anybody that wants to play, you know anybody that wants to be in the tournament, anybody that you know he tracks everybody's pilots. It's it's great, man. There are guys that have pilots in that tournament that have been you know that have been flying those pilots for fourteen years, you know. Well, cool. So it sounds like that was kind of like the way for you to put the polish on your convention. Yeah. After a, a disappointing monster. Semi-disappointing semi monster because I pick up the Peloponnesia where it has a lot of Patola. It has, I think it has a great combat system. Um, and I think it has a lot of realism. And, and the map that's that's on, that the map that you get, it doesn't have Syracuse, which is bizarre. But the map that you get is is beautiful. Um, it's just there, there, it's a, it has a really cumbersome, uh, boring, uh, you know, economic and diplomatic system. And, you know, I think that really drags the game down and the, and the, the components are a mess. There's so much shit that's missing that you should have to play that game. Cause I, I'm one of those people that believes that if I buy a game, everything I need to play that game at an optimal level should be in the game. I shouldn't have to be downloading, you know, homemade fucking charts. Or, or or make a paradox program or whatever. You know? Right. So, right. all right. Well, uh, that sounds good. I think we should pretty much wrap it up here. I'm at the yeah, almost I'm sorry, a three man. hour I'm mark. Dragging I us think, down. Uh, and and it, no. you know, uh, I, I appreciate it, man. It was, I was, I, it was really fun. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you could be on for us, Paul. Uh, I apologize for the quiz. No, yeah, I think it was I'm, extraordinarily I'm, I'm, difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious about the quiz. It, it's fun. I was just trying to have fun. No, no. I, th I think Braxton deserves every every bit of criticism that you leveled at him. And when you guys see each other face to face, I'm, maybe you guys can handle I'm, this like men. I'm coming out. Uh, Dueling I'm is coming okay. Out. <laughs> I'm coming after you. All right, boys. So I'm good. I got to get going. Uh, we we all it. good. All right. Man. All right, boys, I'm gonna let's stop yep. stop the recording. Let's stop the recording. Thanks, guys. Right. Just go visit us at http colon slash slash baldgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com. Because it brings me back you